The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Look out. It's only me. It's only the Kimmer with Pete Davis, sidekick producer and sports raconteur extraordinaire. And the mechanical mangler at the controls. It's our flounder. I did Tuesday. Like I want the day I was born. Yeah, here we go. I'm kind of grumpy today, I got to tell you. At the joy they have found. Everything's falling apart at the same time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. 303. How's it going? Oh, we got a new one. Is that little Mr. Blue Spinky? Who's that guy? Is that uh, the... Uh, Rover. Rover, the uh, Rover. the giant uh, Rover from uh, uh, Sesame Street, right? Grover. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, he, did, Rover. He, he didn't do that. Now, what was he known for? He wasn't the Count, so what, what was he known for? Grover was, was famous for near and far. I don't remember that now, at this all. This is near... And this is so we have a camera. Pete's got a camera here, where and uh, the mountains are making, and we're seeing the little grow. Where do you come up with all these little toy by animals? By the way, <laughs> I have I have nephews ah, and toys. There you go. Anyway, uh, so uh, anything new up there in your neck of the woods? Are you raining up there or cold or anything? <laughs> I walked up to the mailbox and there's still frost on the oh, ground boy. an hour ago. Amazing. Yowsy, yowsy, and flounders in there in the dark. Everything, how are you doing in there, sir? Everything's good. We got some uh, some interesting sound bites today too. Uh, and uh, for, let's start off uh, just uh, you know, kind of getting first gear. Here's our we love phone calls. Here's our phone number 404-741-1230. And we are we love our phone calls, and we got a lot of things to talk about today, including uh, the new rules on getting ready for impeachment. Also, a lot of stuff on this Harvard business, and you'll here, um, if you haven't heard the AI, in fact, didn't I mentioned this the other day? I'm glad somebody actually put it together. A lot more clever than I'll ever be. But I mentioned the other day, if you were to re, if you were to take out the word Jew in all this, you know, river to the sea business, and put in gay or black or uh, tranny or you know anything, anything or liberal or, or Democrat, you know, the giver of these Democrats from the river to the sea, you know, they would there would be riots everywhere. And so finally, somebody did it. With with AI, and they they replaced. The, you're going to hear the college presidents talking about whether or not there is a, a right to uh, a condemn language based on whether you're talking about black people or gay. What I mean, so you will you likely hear that. Also, um, bum, bum, hold on a second. I've got so much here. So, oh, uh, Dave Portnoy. Uh, the Barstool Sports Guy is uh, once again doubling down on the business about hiring people who go to these universities. And again, I'll t- I, I, honestly, if they fire them all and fire all the boards of directors, nothing's going to change. As long as, the, as long as what they're teaching at these edu- educational institutions is gender studies and white racism and how the pilgrims were all uh, racists and uh, so our society was based on slavery. And I mean, one thing after another, and if that's what they're teaching, uh, you know, pfft, uh, please, uh, nothing's going to change. Instead of teaching people how to be better people in the world, how to make the world better, how to make a business run, uh, you know, how to, uh, I mean, just, it's unbelievable. Uh, how, to, how to think, how to create. 
instead of how to hate and divide. And you're doing it on freaking purpose, too. Anyway, we'll talk about that stuff. Also, uh, you know the comedian Daniel Tosh? In fact, I haven't. Uh, I used to have on my XM radio, I used to have the comedy channels, but they started charging extra for him, said, screw you. So I haven't heard him in years. But um, he used to ha- pop up on TV quite a bit, too. Uh, Tosh.0 or something, or Tosh.2, or he had some kind of show. And he was very, very famous. And now you're going to hear him. He was on doing a podcast, and he's going to talk about how he supports cancel culture. I think he's just looking for attention. Anyway, we'll see. By the way, speaking of attention, oh, my God. Have you seen the picture of Chris Christie in those shorts? Mm. Oh, my God. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> how would you? I, I, doesn't he have a mirror? How could he possibly? I mean, and, and by the way, I sort of felt uh, sorry for the guy at, for, for a while. But you have to realize I've seen his pictures of him when he was playing football in, in high school. He was, you know, 190. Ugh, he wasn't a, a big fat slob. So I don't know what happened, and, and he's also had gastric bypass. He, he, he got rid of the whole... So anyway, I just... And, and Trump boy rips him a good one. Also, uh, how much are these UPS drivers making? Do you have, any, have you heard the latest on this now? Holy smokes. No wonder they're charging $88 for me to mail three small packages. Anyway, uh, 308 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. And um, oh, a, a, a quick... Oh, oh, by the way, Solinsky. Uh, here we go again, my God. You know, the, uh, uh, finally, Republicans in Congress are saying, all right, hold on a minute with this business of sending all this money to Ukraine. We don't know where it's going. We have, we have absolutely no faith in the system that's happening over there. Well, guess what? Uh, President White Trash just gave him another $200 million. Just for the heck, you know, just, you know, you need this, sure. And now they're saying, the Democrats are saying, if uh, if we don't give them all this money, it's going to fail, and then Russia will take over, and that'll be a disaster for America. Frankly, I don't think it'd be a disaster for America. Honestly, and, and for, I'm getting sick of it. Be honest with you, with all that's going on, screw Ukraine. I mean, we're I, I, we're not we, we're you know real far away from them. They don't have anything to do with us. How, how about Europe and NATO and the people who are right there? Anyway, why why we have to be why do we have to do everything? Anyway, sorry, I'm a little grumpy today. I, I'll tell you why I'm grumpy. I got I, I have I, no, I'm going through all this VA stuff, but I've got another. I've got more medical things coming up. Including another major one on next Monday, this coming uh, Monday, uh, coming Monday, and uh, and I, to get ready for that, I'm now told that within the next few days, I have to take my blood pressure nine times. Do you know what a pain in the ass it is for me to have to drive the Publix and make sure and, and sit there and do my damn my blood for whatever how much it costs and stuff, and, and then and then go home and then later on do it again and then later on do it again. That's like it's gonna be three hours of my of my time between. Oh, I, I think I'll just you know I'll do it on the way home so I get home and start making dinner around eight. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's bull crap, but they don't need it. They're just doing it as a way to, you know, just try to make you forget that you even you want to do, I mean, get with talking about Smafrafka. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, they Was do it on prayer. Well, they do it on prayer. Well, we don't have your medical record, so, you know, you're a dirty, stinking liar. Stop calling us. You know, stuff like it's, it's unfreaking believable. <laughs> anyway. And it makes you to the point where you say, well, screw it. I just don't feel like doing it. And I'm at that point. I, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, you know, what the hell? It's just, you know, anyway, sorry. So I'm a little, I'm a little, really, I've got to take my blood pressure nine times in the next few days. And I'm including, you're going to, you're going to Publix to do it. Well, where else am I going to go? I don't have a blood pressure machine. You go to, you can buy a a blood pressure machine at CVS and take it home and use it. What are you talking about? Well, They've, they've been having them for 20 years. Well, no, wait a minute. What are you yelling at me for? I didn't, nobody told me about this crap. (laughs) <laughs> They've got one that fits on your wrist, one around well, wait your a arm. Minute. I've had one for 15 years. I can go buy one? 
Yes, at every drugstore. Well, yeah, but how about you have the little pump? I don't know how to work a damn blood pressure no, machine. No, there's no pump. Huh? It, it's got battery. It's got batteries in it. It pumps it up itself. It takes it, and it's pretty damn close to what the doctor gets it. Well, I don't even care if it's close or not. I got it. I'm not driving nine freaking times to Publix. No. You know, eight o'clock at night. Well, I've got to get the nighttime temperature of blood pressure now. Oh, oh, wait. I better go around four in the morning. I wonder if they're open. Yeah. Anybody using your machine over there, ma'am? You know, yeah. This is gonna be great fun. It's- Thank you, VA. It's still 1972 for you, isn't it? It, it kind of is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my paycheck. <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't know they have blood pressure machines you can purchase? They're like, they're like 20, 30 bucks. Well, now, no, I had no idea, but why didn't anybody tell me this? They should tell you, okay, by the way, just go buy one instead of driving to freaking Publix nine times in the next three days. <clears throat> so well, I feel a little better now. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Kiss my ass. How about that? Uh, blood pressure you, mister. <laughs> now, you sh- I can go by. Now, this is not like one order freaking get an app on the phone and then wait for no. Amazon to go find one in a warehouse or no. something, right? They're called, they're called Omicron is the best one that I know of. Walmart has them. CVS has them. I'm not them. going to Walmart Hell, after work. God, I want to get home and have something to eat and watch a little freaking television while I'm getting ready well, for tomorrow's show. Go to CVS. Go to drugstore. There's no Wal- CVS. There's a Walgreens. Go to Walgreens. All right. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, Jesus. Well, I'm, you know, I, I just, I hate, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not good. I, you know, it's, I'm just, uh, you know, I need a, uh, well. You know, they also have popcorn that comes in bags now. You don't have to have put that thing on the stove and, you know, and I'm whisk having, it around. I'm making, I'm, oh, you know, the Jiffy Pop. Remember the Jiffy Pop with the little aluminum foil yes, thing? And, on I the, love Jiffy on the, Pop. Those were great. And if they went blowing up like crazy, a little aluminum you foil. You can still get them. Oh, you my God. And you said it had to be on a burner on your stove. And we wish it back and forth, back and forth. The last time I did it, Bear, Bear was still alive. And he just stood there and stared at me the whole time. What are you doing? Oh, mercy. Oh, by the way, one quick thing before we got a bunch of sports stuff to talk about here, including an idea from Peyton Manning about that call that costs the touchdown, which I think is actually a pretty good idea, with one possible exception of it. Also, I will mention this. Uh, somebody had popped up on my phone a picture of LeBron, a video, video of LeBron James when he showed up for his son's first game. And he, wa- okay, so the crowd is on their feet with their hands over their hearts. LeBron James and uh, his, a couple of his entourage guys, w- the video shows, walk onto the basketball court during the middle of the national anthem. And he strolls while they're playing the national anthem, and everybody in the stadium is on their feet with their hands over their hearts, mostly. And he walks in, strolls into where the chairs are in the front of the court, uh, kind of looks around, uh, you know, takes it easy, does what he wants to do. Like, the, you know, uh, uh, why are you people standing? I mean, I couldn't freaking believe it. I mean, the attitude, I mean, just, you know, never even got he, occurred to him. He's a king. He's a prince. That's what they all tell him. He, he must have thought they were waiting for him to come in so they could stand and uh, pledge their hearts to him as he walked into his chair. What a dipstick. You know, what a... God, it just makes me just freaking out. What a press him. Uh, 314. All right. <laughs> going to be okay. Flounder, let's play happy music. We got Flounder's funny, too. We got some good comedy stuff. And uh, and Daniel Toss, although I don't think he's going to be very funny in this soundbite coming up. Uh, but first, a whole bunch of this Harvard stuff and politics, and it's all with the Kimber Pete and Flounder coming up next on 1063. Look out.
ice cream a lot. I, uh, <laughs> Never I chance to meet Country Charlie Pratt. Some old friends on the street. I like this man. They wonder how does a man <laughs> get to be this way. It was three years ago on this very day that country Charlie Pride passed away at the Anybody age of 86. He was a professional baseball player at one point in his life, singer, guitar player in the early mid-70s, best-selling performer for RCA Records since Elvis. Kiss an Angel Good Morning. Huge hit. Well, he had a bunch of them. During his peak years, uh, 1966 or 68, I guess, or 66 of it, 87 or so, he had 52 top 10 hits. 30 made it to number one. Entertainer of the Year at the Country Music Awards in 1971, Country Charlie Pride passed away at 86 three years ago. And as I recall, I was a country disc jockey when I was in Phoenix, got out of the Marines, went back to Arizona State, and was working as a country disc jockey for, for $400 a month. And I was, I was the afternoon DJ and, in Phoenix at K-Hat Radio, K-H-A-T. Come on and shake a howdy, little darling. Giddy up, go. Here at Country Charlie Pride. Yeah, boy. Yeah, doggies. <laughs> and I made $400 a month. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, those were happy times. My, my apartment was $105, newly married. I was married for two weeks before I went to Vietnam. I came back. We were basically newly married. And our apartment was $105 a month, and it was a one-bedroom place. And we had a cat, and uh, we had a pool at the apartment complex, and we were happy as you could be. $105 a month, a month and 400 bucks a month. And she was working at, as a cost accounting clerk somewhere. Anyway, uh, uh, 322 uh, well, I have no idea where I was. Why was I uh, blithering about country well, Charlie Pride? Hey, 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 oh, hey, caveman. Yeah, sorry. See see what I have here? This oh, is called oh, oh, a that's home it? blood pressure oh, kit. Oh, my God. You turn it on, and basically I'm turning it on. I will take my blood pressure right here, right now. Holy cow. It's, see, you can, I don't know if you well, can hear Mr. it. Well, Mr. Smarty Pants. Can you hear it? Yes, I can hear the humming. Well, I'm assuming that's, you know, we can't see the full camera, so I'm taking your word for it, but God knows, there could be somebody over there. I don't know. L later, Andrea, later. The last little chicky I knew okay, about you, she, she was kind of kinky. There could be anything going on over there. <laughs> kind of kinky. Yeah, kinky. She was in the whole duck. I don't even know what that means. All right, hold on. <laughs> hold on. All right, it's constricting, right? Uh, right now. I don't want to hear constricting to a counting. man like me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I hear it. Oh, oh my gosh, it's kind of high right what now, mainly it? because I'm dealing with you. What, well, what is it? What is it? Just out of curiosity. You can tell us. Uh, I'm going to try it again because sometimes, sometimes. What was uh, it? Come on. I was, it's I, was not, it's, I was moving around too so much. So what? What is it, 700 or 400? What's the problem? Just say what it was. Why are you hiding? Is it, it just it a It probably thing? said error. I know. It probably said, you know, 650 over 12. No, no, no. It was, it was error, it was, but it was high. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it again. We want to know and what the number I'm not was. I'm going to move my arm around. All right. And that, but, so obviously it wasn't a right reading. So what do you care about what it was? Tell us what the reading was, just out of curiosity. When I do mine, I'll tell you mine. In fact, I know what mine is. It's going to be 120 over 90. All right. What do you have? Really? Yeah. Right? What do you All have? Right, hold on a second. It's coming. It's coming. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. And by the way, Rocco's holding on. Rocco's probably hanging up by now, I guarantee you. But hold on, no, Rocco. Rocco wants to we'll know, give you too. a prize. We, we need to get prizes. <laughs> we, can anybody get any prizes around here? If we got any freaking prizes, Don't even stuff from 680. If we get, maybe 680's got you some, like, cast-offs. Huh? That's your prize. you got a job. Yeah. Okay, it's like 130 over 85. That's fine. That's, that's good. That's fine. 
One, you know, one thirty's not. Uh, that's that's no big deal. What was the what was the first one that was wrong? Because obviously it was wrong. It was like one one forty over ninety. No, that's not bad either. But that's because I was moving my arm around. You're not supposed to move your arm. Well, there you are. All right. Well, hold on. enough of this nonsense. Let me get to Bar- Rocco's on. Uh, Flounder, are you available? There you go. Uh, Rocco's on. Hoy, Rocco. Thanks for calling, man. How's it going? Happy Tuesday. Nah, I, I, what's going on? Listen, I want to give a shout out to the YouTubers. First off, listen, I want to nominate Pete Davis for the Congressional Medal of Freedom for bringing. Simple solutions to your contrived, complex problems. I am a hot mess. I know. I'm sorry. I got an even more simpler one than what Pete Davis offers. Uh, All right. A double. Apple Apple now has a watch that monitors your blood pressure. I'm not going to get it. It will monitor your blood pressure. You don't have to go anywhere. It sends the results to your Apple phone. That Apple phone has an app on it that sends that to your doctor. So you don't even have to get up off your seat and do anything. I'll bet I could order my dinner, my breakfast, and some girl to come over and kiss me goodnight, too, if I wanted. The the brand-new Apple Watch monitors your blood pressure. Listen, (laughs) speaking of blood pressure, watching... Uh, the, the sweatshirted one, Zelensky, in the in the oval office. Oh, please, office. yeah, my goodness. Had a brand new sweatshirt on. Jeez. Listen, yeah, there are people on the streets of New York right now calling for a ceasefire. Yeah. In Israel. Yeah. Why are they not calling for a ceasefire in Russia and Ukraine? Well, they're I, I, begging for more money from us. Yeah. yeah. As we and now we're responding. And the other thing, Rocco, they're trying to make us feel guilty. I do not feel right. guilty about what's happening in Ukraine. And now no, all these freaking Democrats are saying, "Well, you're going to lose, and the war will be. Oh my God, America's going to be in big trouble if we don't take care of Ukraine." Screw you! I'm. I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't believe anything that's happened. Over, I don't know where the money went. Why are we paying the salaries for teachers and uh, and civil service workers, including their retirement funds, in Ukraine? Uh, why are we paying I'm for have it? To, I'm going to have to work. To the day of my funeral, maybe get off early for lunch to bury me, to pay for my retirement, and we're paying for it for people in Ukraine. Me too. Me too. I, 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 I was retired for five years, sense. and I'll never retire again. I cannot retire. I'll never retire again. I'll die working. And, and you know, and, and See, which I, is fine. I'm not complaining about that. But I, I am complaining about uh, the wasteful money and these freaking Democrats who are taking the, uh, the you know, oh, the yeah. onus now off of what the hell is going on with the economy. And we're spending more money in Ukraine. I spent four dollars and nine cents for gasoline a gallon yesterday. Two years ago, Cameron, I called you and told you incrementalism does not work. I remember you that. Go all in, all in. Instrumentalism. We talked about that for like. Give a little, give a blanket to first. Give them a little bit of food. If they would have given all these weapons yeah. at the beginning, yeah. it would have been over by then. Yeah, kill them all. You know, so, yeah, give war a chance, for God's sake. You know, diddly-daddly-dicking around here like we did in freaking Vietnam for a while. And then what? we start bombing the crap out of them in North Vietnam, which was working, by the way. And then, of course, the left said, oh, we can't do that anymore. Right. And that was the end. We lost the war. Well, Pete, congratulations on your, on your medal nomination. Uh, thank you. Uh, Rocco, thank thanks, you. man. I pre- I, again, I, I'm, gr- I'm going to go home. I'm going to get one on the way home. I'm gonna get one on the way home, and by God, I'm gonna video batteries. myself. I'm gonna. Oh, I have to, what kind of batteries? I, I have batteries in there. Uh, double A, I believe. Okay. Well, I got a bunch. For, you know, the, the uh, Asian cheerleader contingent of the Kimmer fan club. Our bi-monthly meeting. We what, have plenty what, of. You pay electrical. them in batteries, or they no, no, pay you no, in batteries? No, no, or? no. It's just you know supplies. Uh, Three twenty-seven with the Kimmer Pete and Flounder. It's okay. a barter situation. No, 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 no. no. Uh, the House Rules Committee is going to consider perhaps tomorrow. On uh, whether to consider a resolution that would formalize 
an impeachment inquiry against uh, President Joe White Trash. Again, this is not an impeachment. It would be setting the stage so they can start subpoenaing people, would give them more power as part of their investigation. And, and I love the Democrats, that Jamie Raskin, that slimy little puddle of scum. Uh, he's, he's a freaking liar and a hater. He'll see, he'll, he lies about everything constantly. Uh, and he's been trying to you know, sway the, uh, the milk toast Republicans behind the scene with this stuff. Uh, they, they're investigating the foreign money received by the Biden family, whether his family's involved in the foreign business dealings, the step they took to slow and hamper and impede the criminal investigation into Hunter, involving funds received by the Biden family from foreign sources. Uh, and, uh, and the Democrats are saying, I love this part, they Democrats to say, well, you Republicans may not be getting all the facts from Mr. Comer's committee, so we're going to make sure you have all the full picture. So we're giving you a giant fact sheet. So they're giving fact sheets of what they call the truth about the situation. But Comer reacts this way, says, really pretty freaking ironic. The Democrats continue to say there's no evidence, and then at every turn try to prevent the committee from gathering the evidence. <laughs> they have evidence revealing the Biden people knew about and participated in and benefited from his family cashing in on the last name. I mean, this is incredible. And by the way, uh, speaking of, again, so this is going to be probably a vote tomorrow, which will be the, uh, the next step toward a possible impeachment. And again, it's all, it'll be along a, a party line, so we'll see. And incidentally, uh, uh, something on uh, Donald Trump, real quickly, forward to break. I heard Andy McCarthy being interviewed, you know, the former big time Charlie uh, 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 DOJ type guy. Uh, last administration, and I heard him, he's predicting that the Supreme Court will rule that Donald Trump does not have immunity from prosecution, and the trial will go forward in Washington. Andy McCarthy predicts he'll be convicted of at least one offense and probably by definition have to serve jail time. We shall see. 3.30 with the Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. We got a lot more coming up. Hold everything. Harvard standing by. Look out. This would be kind of cool because we have a bunch of Rolling Stones stuff on our music history thing today. Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder with you. How you doing? 333. And our phone number is 404-741-1230. Under my thumb. <laughs> Huge hit. The early Stones. Under my thumb, baby. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, 2008 on this day, the town where Mick Jagger and Keith Richards grew up announced it was naming streets in a new estate after Rolling Stones' hit songs. The 13 streets in Dartford, Kent, were to... Now, what does that mean, by the way? Uh, Dartford, Kent. What is Kent? Is Kent a county? Okay, Dartford's a little town outside of southeast of London. Kent is kind of like the region. Like it's Southeast England. That's right. Their names go so forever. It's, like a, it's like Chestershire from French and yeah. Fromp. And I'm <laughs> anyway, the little town, uh, where was I? A little uh, Dartford, Kent, were to be given names such as Angie Muse, Babylon Close, Sympathy Street, Little Red Walk, and Satisfaction Street. <laughs> Leader of the council, mm. Jeremy Kite, said he thought Ruby Tuesday Drive sounded a fantastic place to live, but the police were concerned the street signs would never last. They'd be stolen every time they were put up on yeah. Ruby Tuesday Drive. Yeah, no kidding. 
Uh, absolutely. And by the way, there's even more uh, from what Flounder uh, has on his history list, because another one they printed out for me, including on this day in 1974, guitarist Mick Taylor quit the Stones after five years. When he joined the here's what here's how this is written. When he joined the band, he was a non-smoking, non-drinking vegetarian. When he left, he was a heroin addict. <laughs> Ron Wood was later uh, yeah. <laughs> Mick Taylor, and Ron Wood was later recruited as his replacement. Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, and on our. Uh, uh, oh, but that's kind of a history thing. Let me do a birthday thing instead. Here we go. Uh, birthday list includes uh, uh, Mayim Bialik. Is that her name? Mayim or Mayim Bialik, that little girl, uh, actress girl. She's 48. Dr. Amy Fowler on Big Bang Theory. And what if you knew Jeopardy host? Didn't she get written? They have like three Jeopardy people. I haven't watched that show in so long. Anyway, she's one of the Jeopardy hosts, I guess. And uh, Mayim or Mayim Bialik actually does have a Ph.D. in neuroscience, like her character, her first movie was a 1988 horror classic, Pumpkinhead. But a real acting break was on the star of this 90s sitcom, Blossom. And Miam Bialik is 48. Today, okay. Uh, let's see, 336, how's it going? 404-741-1230. Nice to have you with us here on the uh, Tuesday action going on here. Well, the Harvard Corporation, the highest governing body at the university has backed their president, Claudine Gay, a girl, to remain in the job after calls for her removal after the anti-Semitism testimony on campus, about, along with the University of Pennsylvania. MIT presidents also got a lot of uh, backlash. Uh, when Congresswoman Elise Stefanik just said yes or no, well, what, is your calling for genocide of Jews violate your university code of conduct? And they stumbled all over themselves. Seventy lawmakers and more called for them to be removed. Uh, Harvard donors and faculty echoed calls for her uh, being kicked out. There's uh, The House Committee on Education is announcing an official congressional investigation into anti-Semitism at Harvard. We know that the University of Pennsylvania girl president, Liz McGill, quit. Uh, and Gay from Harvard issued an apology. Um, but the, here's what the statement says. You're going to hear something about this here in, in a minute with AI. If you haven't, I mean, this is really, gonna, is really astounding. Uh, here's what the Harvard Corporation said supporting her. I won't read it all. As members of the today, we reaffirm our support for her continued leadership at Harvard. Our deliberations affirm our confidence that President Gay is the right leader to help our community heal and address the very social issues. In this tumultuous and difficult time, we unanimously stand in support of President Gay, uh, champion open discourse, academic freedom. So now check this out. Here's got this broke kind of late yesterday. We really didn't give much attention to it. The corporation, though, at Harvard did address her academic writings, saying the university became aware in late October of allegations regarding three articles. She's a plagiarist. <clears throat> and it says here, at uh, President Gay's request, the fellows promptly initiated an independent re yeah, she requested it, a review by distinguished political scientists and conducted a review of her published work. On December 9, the fellows reviewed the results, which revealed a few instances of inadequate citation, while the analysis found no violation of Harvard's standards for research misconduct. President okay. Gay, the girl, is proactively requesting four corrections in two articles to insert citations and quotation marks that were omitted from the original publications. She plagiarized part. Now, the issue is she didn't take direct quotes like Biden. You know, President White Trash did that. 
He got caught doing it from a British guy speech got back in the freaking 80s or something. Anyway, this girl president at Harvard plagiarized by using someone else's work and not giving credit to it. You get kicked out of Harvard for doing that. If she were a student, no. she'd be gone. If she was a white student yeah, well, or a white president, yeah. she'd be gone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but instead, they're standing by her and saying, no, that's fine. It's really not a big deal. Now, a quick reaction. We're going to play the AI thing for you here in a second. First of all, quick reaction from Elise Stefanik. Uh, taking a point of personal privilege at the top of the House GOP conference press conference. I guess that happened just a short while ago. Stefanik ripped the complete moral failure of Harvard's leadership. Uh, she says there's a reason why the testimony at the education garnered a billion views worldwide because those university presidents made history by putting the most morally bankrupt testimony into the congressional record and the world saw it. As a Harvard graduate, Elise writes and says here, I'm reminded of Harvard's motto, Veritas, which goes back and it's older than the founding of our country, goes back to the 1640s. In addition, the motto was Veritas Christo et Ecclesiae, truth for Christ in the church. Larry Summers, president of Harvard when I was an undergrad, she, this is at least speaking, talked about the meaning of veritas is divine truth, moral truth. Let me be clear. Veritas does not depend on the context. This is a moral failure of Harvard's leadership and higher education leadership at the highest levels. And the only change they have made to their code of conduct where they failed to condemn calls for genocide of the Jewish people, the only update to the code of conduct is to allow a plagiarist as president of Harvard. <laughs> Kaboom. Uh, by the way, the billionaire Harvard alum, Bill Ackman, you may have heard this too. He sent a letter demanding this girl president's uh, ouster. And then he claimed her failure to condemn the most violent, uh, barbaric terrorism the world has ever seen attack on Israel resulted in the university losing billions in donations. And this guy Ackman's a hedge fund manager and a billionaire. And then he said Harvard resisted removing her because they didn't want to look like they were kowtowing to him. So he please said, you freaking cowards, you're afraid of doing the right thing because it'll look like you did the right thing because a billionaire told you to do the right thing. And now they're afraid of looking bad but doing what a billionaire wants as afraid of looking bad doing what they want. I mean, this is, is it, how could you be afraid of doing the right thing no matter what? I mean, they put themselves, oh, my God, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, this occurred to me. Well, they're, I, they're putting themselves in a the position they look like idiots either way. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't agree with that at all. I think they're they're <laughs> keeping her because they're afraid of being called racist, and they all believe the exact same thing she believes. As Tucker Carlson said on Clay and Travis, it's a religion. This DEI is a religion with these people. Yeah, and again, they they don't have any. In other words, they're taking a side. They're deciding what to do rather than taking a stand for the right thing. They, I mean, they just you know they they're they're they're, they're so shallow. They're going along with the process, and they're afraid to to. D divert from either side of it because they're such cowards. Uh, and again, and it doesn't matter what they do because nothing's going to change at Harvard or any of the, or Princeton or all the rest of them. Uh, the entire held higher education. I tell you this: at some point, at some point, there's going to be an overhaul of the education system, especially with these prices. Holy moly! And people taking gender studies and and, and are in two hundred thousand dollars in debt when they get out. 
I, I, I mean, you're killing me. All right, now, uh, this Elise Stefanik thing, the line of questioning, uh, if somebody used AI, and we talked about this the other day, I think this was so brilliant, somebody actually put it together. Someone used AI to change Elise Stefanik's line of questioning. So when she said, do you have uh, a yes or no policy against uh, the extermination of Jews, AI switched the word Jews to other words, and now see how absurd these responses sound when other words are installed there instead. Flounder, Ms. if you would. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of black and brown people violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of LGBTQ people, does that constitute bullying or harassment? It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today, calling for the genocide of Muslim people is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer. Yes, Ms. McGill. I mean, some of the reaction on Twitter, X, BLM and Antifa would burn down cities if they had been responding like that. Uh, another, if they actually said this, there'd be riots in the streets for days. The left would push this agenda nonstop. Uh, it depends on the context. Is the new mostly peaceful riots. I'll never forget that when the <laughs> CNN guy said, well, it's mostly peaceful protests and the warehouse is burning in the background over his shoulder. Uh, this be, is fine. There'd be riots at universities of every major city if this was the way it went. A great approach to addressing this horrible narrative. And then a whole bunch of wow, wow, and wows. Uh, if only Jews would start looting and burning down their neighborhood, Dairy Queens and Walgreens, maybe then they could possibly gain favorable acceptance in the leftists' societal hierarchy. About time I've been asking for this from the tech-savvy community for a long time now. Just some of the great reactions to that. I mean, again, just replace the words. And then you realize what freaking hypocrites they are. I mean, there's no other possible explanation. They they believe it or they don't care or they're so afraid to take a stand. Or, you know, I mean, who trained these people? And, and by the way, where did this Harvard girl, she's never done anything. What, what's her qualifications to lead the, you know, you know the you most? You look at her. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know what her qualification is. Well, in fact, there uh, she does have one thing going for us. Our buddies at the uh, Mike... Hunt and his friends at Babylon B. It's been a tumultuous week for the Ivy League University presidents. He writes that they faced harsh criticism for acts of simple of allowing their students to call for the genocide of the Jews. Most recently, Harvard President Gay is in even more hot water after reports surfaced that she plagiarized large sections of her Ph.D. thesis, borrowing entire sections from Mein Kampf. The news came shortly after UPenn President McGill was forced to resign. I'd like to apologize to the students and faculty for naively plagiarizing Hitler astounding and courageous work without thinking it could lead to anti-Semitism, said President Gay. I promise to retract any use of mine comp and have made an appointment to have my newly inked swastika forehead tattoo removed. The university has expressed concern at how long it would take to find another president who's black and has last name Gay. <laughs> by, by, by the way, there's a great meme picture going around. It popped up on my phone a few minutes ago of a guy's arm. And on the arm is a tattoo of a long number. And under the tattoo on the forearm of a long number are the words, depends on the context. Yeah. Wow. Think about that. There's, a, there's another Babylon B out. Claudine Gay responds to plagiarism accusations by giving inspiring, I have a dream speech. <laughs> <laughs>
346 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. Flounder's Funny's coming up next. I'll bet you with the 1203. What's the 30346? There you go. <laughs> now this important pause. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and look out, it's only me. It's only the camera with Pete Flounder, 351. Yeah, it's a, a scumbag this guy was, huh? I don't know if he was sitting here back then, but anyway, on this day, 2007, Ike Turner. Former husband of Tina Turner went to hell at the age of 70. I'm sorry, died at the age of 76 near San Diego. He was a prolific session guitar player and wife beater, uh, credited by many music historians with making the first rock and roll record in 1951, uh, quite a bit of time before he started beating up women. After marrying Tina Turner and beating the crap out of her for many, many years in 1959, the pair released a string of hits, including I Hate My Wife and I'm Gonna Punch Her in the Face, uh, plus the Phil Spencer. Director-produced River Deep Mountain High, and uh, Tyke Turner is uh, no longer with us. And I guess uh, Tina just uh, didn't leave us too long ago either. She left us uh, not that long ago, as I recall. In May, because I was uh, in the airport waiting to go to London. So right. it was May. Yeah, yeah. Very, very sad. Uh, let's see. Birthday list includes um, at, uh, Bill Nighy. Is that how they pronounce it? Uh, Davy Jones and the Pirates of the Caribbean yes. movies, uh, Victor in the Underworld films, Sean's stepfather in Shaun of the Dead, and it says here he was hilarious as over-the-hill rock star Billy Mack in Love Actually. Bill Nye is 74 uh, today. So. Also in uh, Pirate Radio. He's a pretty good actor. Oh, You've seen it. him. You know I, him. I know I've seen him. I see his face. I, I'll bet you I would. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on this day in 1991... Richard Gere married Cindy Crawford. It lasted five years, and she later admitted that she pressured him into it, and apparently it was not true that uh, the organization PETA had sued uh, Mr. Gere for a violation of uh, animal uh, I was going to say, did it say anything about a hamster in there? A decency act. Uh, gerbil, gerbil. <laughs> yeah, Hamster's yeah. a little oh, large. Gerbil, That's yeah. <laughs> endeavor. Yeah, that, that, don't need that little cage in a, in a little circling. Uh, anyway, sure is dark in here. <laughs> <laughs> 353. <laughs> Freaking locker room in here. <laughs> all right, look out. It's only me. It's only the Kimber. Did we come out? Any success on the. Uh, are we, are we all yes, good? we do. Excellent. And it's, this doesn't need to be edited, right? <laughs> well, it was on Fox Business. So, okay. Um, <laughs> Chances are it's okay. Did you, get, you yeah, didn't get any, any hassle from yesterday when we had a word FCC slip out? hasn't called yet. <laughs> Screw them. It was an accident. You can do anything if it's an accident. Well, again, it was. The, it obviously goes yeah. over the internet and radio, yeah. but it, but that's fine. We but for FCC, FCC yeah, yeah, I hit the dump button. Yeah, we can do anything we want on podcasts or, you know, internet. Once. We can do anything <laughs> we want once. We can do anything we want here once. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dave Portnoy, the guy from Barstool Sports, is doubling down, saying, and I'm definitely not hiring applicants who go from these schools who, who teach this kind of ridiculous wokeness. Anyway, uh, he was on a podcast talking about it. Here's a little from Dave Portnoy himself. He was actually on with Stuart Varney on Fox Business. Oh, I beg your pardon. You're right. You just told me that, and I'm an idiot. <coughs> Stuart Varney. not hire anyone from Harvard, UPenn, or MIT 
until the school's dean stepped down. Has anyone from these schools applied to work with you? Yeah, well, after I, first of all, we already have Harvard grads, so they're, they're grandfathered in. But uh, in the Penn dean, President McGill, she stepped down. Uh, yeah, a lot of people reached out. But, I, you know, I think it's not only me. I think a lot of leaders have to do it. It was disgusting what those uh, deans and presidents did under oath. Uh, makes no sense to me. I don't know how, if you can't condemn genocide, I don't care whether we're talking Jews, Muslims, any group of people, then you don't deserve to be, you know, in a position of power. You got to get out. What about free speech? Does that come into this? Yeah, listen, um, is Hitler allowed to say, I want to kill the Jews, I want to kill the Jews, I want to kill the Jews, right up till he kills the Jews? Uh, I, I would say no. That's what they're saying you can do in this country. There's a difference between free, free speech and hate speech. And when you're endangering people and causing harm, I think you've got to put a stop to it. It's called common sense. Okay, we always like to run through a whole gamut of... <laughs> Uh, there's a gamut indeed. Uh, he went on to say uh, it won't make a huge difference, but moving forward, I will not hire any student who graduates from any of these schools until these deans step down. The deans of the three supposedly prestigious universities refusing to condemn students calling for the genocide of Jews, uh, murder of all Jews. Uh, he claimed Jewish students are the only minority group that other students could openly intimidate and chant that they want to murder an entire group of people and not get kicked out immediately or better yet thrown in jail. You know, that's a good point. If they were to say, uh, like we just played the AI, if all those students were going around chanting, you know, kill all the blacks... How, how do you what, how do you think that would happen? I think that would you know turn out. Anyway, just uh, hard to believe sometimes. Three fifty six with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Four zero four seven four one twelve thirty. Ow! <laughs> a little electric shock to remind the Kimmer. We got Flounder's funny coming up here. What you got in there, sir? United States of America, most powerful country on this planet, and it's not because we have more money. Oldie but goodie. Better looking. No. It's because we have something in this country they don't have in other countries. That's right. I'm talking about rednecks. <laughs> Good old boys with an arsenal in their basement that have been waiting for just such an occasion <laughs> since 1775. Oh, believe me, foreign troops land in the South. There'll be a line of pickup trucks and NASCARs heading down I-95. Marines will show up three hours later, nothing but beer cans and shotgun shells. What the hell happened here? War's over, baby! <laughs> and who is that? I forgot his name. Uh, Daniel... Uh... I don't even know his name. I just have okay, it no as problem. Redneck. Uh, by the way, we will play a little bit later on. We're going to play uh, Daniel Tosh for you. And again, I used to listen to him all the time. He's uh, He had his own TV show. He was a very creative guy. But I think he's now just looking for attention uh, because he's now supporting the wokeness okay. and the cult, cancel culture. I, I'm having a hard time with this. What? You're a man who has no clue that uh, yeah. portable blood pressure yeah. medicine existed. Right. Yeah. You know, that you could do it at home. Yeah, I could. But you watch Daniel Tosh. No, I, I remember seeing him on, on something. About, and by the way, you know, I, in fact, I was going to, here's how, my, here's my head works. I just had a whole freaking uh, premonition of goodness coming to me because I realized when I saw you doing the blood pressure thing, and you told me I can go buy my own freaking blood pressure thing. So I have to make nine trips to public. And by the way, I, I, I called Walgreens, and they, they do not have a blood pressure machine. How could you not have a blood pressure machine at, at Walgreens? 
A big Walgreens, not a little teeny part of a, a whole Walgreens store, not no blood pressure machine. Couldn't believe it. You and mean it was, the big one you sit down in? Yeah, no, the one you have a little bench and you put your arm in the little container and you you put your credit yeah. card swipe a thing and you push the button and whatever it does. You know, I've never used it. I've seen them, but I, I saw one today, but I never used it. Anyway, so I, I was going to go into I was going to go home on the way home tonight. I was going to go uh, drive and go to Publix and park the car, go inside, do the thing, buy the machine, dot da, da, and then go home and start working about stuff for the tomorrow show and stuff like that. And instead. I'm going to wait and go in tomorrow morning. I'm going to take time off from uh, take an hour off tomorrow morning's pro, uh, prepara- preparation of show prep. And I'm going to go into the public. I'm going to buy that thing. And I'm going in because I think my little uh, princess is going to be working tomorrow. And so I'll have a little chitty chat with her and tip my cap to her as I walk on and, uh, and uh, smile away as we have a little kind of a thing going on here. <laughs> My God, I'm going to hell. Four o'clock, Timber Feet. <laughs> Shut up. Look at, yeah, look at you. What are you talking about? <laughs> the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. <laughs> Look out, baby. This one where he was screaming so bad he hurt himself. Yes. Yeah. I remember you guys telling me that. Tell the story again. What? Uh, 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 what? What actually did and uh, and how it affected him or whatever. Somebody. One of you. <laughs> Pete was the one who told the story. All right, Pete. Tell the story of John Lennon's voice on this re- screaming on this record. I think it was kind of late in the day or something like that, and they wanted just to knock it out. And so he screamed. He may have done it twice, actually, and I think they took the first take. And he did it so raw, he basically blew his voice out. And uh, 
That's basically the story. Well, wasn't he, wasn't stuff he upset about? It? Didn't he? Wasn't he? I, I think it like he didn't it like, like it. Yeah, he thought it was awful and it was very stupid and yeah. he was screaming and uh, thing. But it, actually, I was just going to say, iconic. I, and and, and, and I like the version. I mean, you know, Twist and Shout was as good as the Isley Brothers or whoever the hell did it. I mean, and it was the freaking Beatles. I, I was pretty impressed. Anyway, uh, we're playing that. Uh, Flounders, our musical director, uh, two thousand seven on this day, a copy of John Lennon's book, A Spaniard in the Works which contained a lock of Lennon's hair, sold at auction for $48,000. Lennon gave the book and the hair to Betty Glasgow, the Fab Four's hairdresser during their heyday. He wrote the book to Betty, lots of love and hair, John Lennon XX. The strands of hair and a book had been expected to sell for about $4,000, and it went for almost fifty. Anyway, and so that was very nice. Our birthday list includes Dickie Betts. Former Almond Brothers guitarist who wrote their hits, Jessica and Ramblin' Man, <laughs> which they played every time I was on the radio for many years. And back when I had my chemo, and I, yeah, and I, and I had, and I started, well, anyway, that's just, never mind. <laughs> See what I'm doing? That's why they play there. Exactly. <laughs> I flounder right there. <laughs> that's why he's a musical director. <laughs> Yeah, giddy up gold, little darling. Dickie Betts is freaking 80. Everybody's getting old, you guys. What the hell? 80. I mean, that can't be right. <laughs> we know these. I mean, we, you know, we listen to these people. Oh, that's just not right. Oh, I got, I got phone calls. All right, I'm so sorry. Uh, Tim's coming up. Hold on. Scott's first in line. Scott, you're on the radio. with uh, Kevin, Pete, and Flounder, man. What's going on? What's up? Hey, buddy. So a couple of things. I, uh... I went into one of the major bookstores just a couple of days ago and asked for a dictionary. I said, do y'all still sell dictionaries? They said, yeah. And I, I went and I got a Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. I was under the R's. Retirement is not in the dictionary anymore. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> and and you were, yesterday you were talking about the bright lights on the car. Oh, I hate oh, those. What about, what about the light bars that are on these stupid-ass Jeeps? You know, that blind yeah. that the devil out of you, even in the daytime. Yeah, I know. And, and, and by the way, I'm especially, in fact, last night I was going to I was gonna try to get video, but I didn't want to take the chance. It was stupid. Uh, we, we were talking about this yesterday. Last night going home, not only was there, I saw one car with no lights on, tried to blink, didn't make any difference. And I can't tell you the count the number of cars that were coming at me with their high beams on and did not take oh, them down. I, I, I was just, it's unfreaking believable. It's, <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. So... So as far as the left goes, I, I went to Wheeler High School in Cobb County. Okay. One of our coaches, this I'm was sorry. back in the seventies. Uh -huh. He, if something, if you did something stupid, he would look at you and he would say, "Boy, ain't you got no learning?" <laughs> and, and the left, the left ain't got no learning. I know. It's what's the matter with these people? <laughs> <laughs> Scott, thanks, hey, God man. Bless you, man. Thank you for being back on the air. It's, uh, it's awesome. That's all right. Believe me, we're thrilled. It's great to have you aboard because of people like you, Scott, who listen and uh, tell your friends. We're we're very grateful. Thank you. So, uh, 407. Uh, do we still have Tim is with us? Uh, Tim on the radio with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. 407. Tim, you're on the air, man. What's up? Hey, Kimmer, just a couple quick points. The Democrats that's complaining about not supporting Ukraine where were they when we were pulling out of Afghanistan? Yeah, exactly. Phonies and... And, and then... Uh, yeah. Then my other point is, uh, all we got to do to...
to give him a billion dollars worth of equipment and just sign the titles over to all that stuff they left in Afghanistan and let him go repossess it. <laughs> yeah, make him go get it. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Those are two great ideas. You know, again, again, what a bunch of phonies. I mean, well... If, if we don't, if we don't take care, of, it's our responsibility to take care of Ukraine. You just got another what did I say, two hundred million, no. hundred million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> they care more about Ukraine's border than ours. That's right. They, uh, and in fact, now they're arguing about the, the money to fund the border security, and the Democrats are trying to blame Republicans for not having a new border policy. We don't need a new border policy. The border policy is sign the book when you want to come in. You can't just come in. I mean, that's the border policy yeah. is open. Enforce the rules. <laughs> Enforce the rules. That's yeah. all you need to do. There's laws on the book. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, uh, 408, almost 409, let's call it. The Kimber Pete and Flounder. Again, our phone number. We love phone numbers. Our phone, uh, phone number. Our phone calls 404-741-1230-741-1230. I'm very excited about getting my blood pressure machine. I'm going to go buy one uh, tomorrow morning. And I'll probably say hi to Princess and then uh, go home and I'm going to take Why are you going to wait? Huh? Well, I, I Why got, wait? Go get well, one. Well, by the time I get home, it takes me, for some reason, it's taking me longer to get home than I, I And it's not, I think they changed, you know what? I think they changed the traffic lights for some reason this time of year or, or this time of season or something. I don't know why. The lights seem to be longer. It's taking me long. I'm going the same routes. I have like three or four different wave routes that I go and I take. It's keeping off the interstate and 400. Uh, but it seems like it's taking longer. I don't know anyway. Uh, what the hell was I just going to say something about that? About Oh, tomorrow. Um, uh, oh, I didn't want to go tonight because by the time I get home, you know, then I got to figure out something to eat for dinner and make all whatever I'm doing there. And then I still have to work on tomorrow's show. So by the time I get all that done, I'd like to have nine minutes to, you know, to watch something on TV. You know, before I hit the big time, you know. So I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not complaining. I'm not. I really am not complaining. I sound like I complained. My eyes are going, and these freaking ear rockets. And by, by the way, I found a great ear uh, ENT person to take care of my ear rockets. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, we'll get back to you sometime in January. Oh, oh, yeah. Why don't I just uh, go? Yeah. I'll, I'll, why don't I get back to you next month? <laughs> <laughs> That's why old people get grumpy. It, just, it all happens, and, and there's nothing. It's kind of you're just stuck. Anyway, whatever. I don't care. I almost. I thought I was dying the other day, and, for, and I thought to myself, "Geez, I wonder if this is what happens when you die." I had some the funniest damn feeling. I, I've never. I, it was just damn the funniest damn feeling. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, painful or anything. It was just a weird feeling. And I thought, oh, my God, I wonder if I, I feel like I'm being called. <laughs> I said, I wonder if this is it. And then I started saying, geez, I wonder if I can straighten up the place before I go. <laughs> anyway, 410-410. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, ha oh, if you haven't seen this picture, don't look for it. Do not look for it. Uh, Donald Trump is now mocking Chris Christie, saying he is not mentally or physically fit for office. And he posted a picture of Chris Christie in a pair of shorts that looks, oh, I just, I, I just, I got to eat later, and I hope I'll get over the picture by then. Uh, oh, Lord. I mean, why would he ever wear shorts? I mean, you can't, remember the picture of him on that chaise lounge in the, on, on the beach in New Jersey when he, he banned everybody else because of COVID? He said the beaches are all closed, and somebody got a picture of him by himself on his blanket, on his chair, his chaise lounge, is a beach chair in his bathing. Oh, good Lord. Anyway, Donald Trump put a picture of this guy after uh, Chris Christie calls Donald Trump danger to this country. Uh, and so much to turn, ticked off Donald Trump because Trump pictures <laughs> took 
the picture, I'm sorry, posted the picture of Chris Christie in those shorts and says, not fit for office mentally or physically. We need strong people not suffering from a harsh terminal disease, TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. And he highlighted two videos on X that showed right-wing conspiracy theorist Laura Loomer, uh, for a prominent supporter of Donald Trump, trolling Christie at one event after another. At one, uh, Laura Loomer, <laughs> she's, isn't she that little cutie? I think she's kind of a cutie of some kind, a prominent supporter of Trump. And she yelled at Christie, you're never going to be president. He might have a heart attack from eating too much, but you're never going to be president. Another one, they got, you don't need to run for president. You just need to run on a treadmill. Uh, <laughs> and, and Christie said, well, the proudest moments of my career are being opposed by someone like you. Uh, Christie has been fat since adulthood. He got gastric banding surgery uh, in February 2013. He's had his his stomach banded for 10 years, and he still weighs that much? He's got something. That's a chemical problem. That's where the fat's not getting, you know, used for your energy or whatever the hell it is. Hey, hey, hey. Ah, whoa, hey. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, 413, Kimber Pete and Flounder, stand by. We got a lot coming up here, including including how to botch Hanukkah. And I don't mean spelling. I mean the vice president, Mr. Non-Gender Guy stuff. Next with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. Pete and Flounder, 417, little rock and roll from the good guys. 2003, big day for Mick Jagger. Knighted by Prince Charles at Buckingham Palace, Sir Mick. His 92-year-old father was there to see it. with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. <laughs> Proud sugar. We can play the whole thing there, I guess. Probably not on Ed Sullivan. I don't think you can do that. Anyway, uh, birthday list includes uh, the uh, uh, handsome lady here, uh, uh, an attractive woman, Jennifer Connolly. Jennifer Connolly's 53 today. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was in A Beautiful Mind, Hulk, Blood Diamond. That's why I think I saw Blood Diamond and thought she was really good in that. She seemed really kind of dark and moody. It was really cool. Uh, David Bowie's 1986 movie Labyrinth and Russell Crowe's wife in Noah. She's the voice of Karen, yeah. the AI, in Spider-Man's suit in Spider-Man Homecoming. I forgot the movie, the movie Noah. That was the one where they had the rock monsters all of a sudden. When they, yeah, the rock where, monsters. Where the hell did that come from in Noah's Ark? I don't remember that in no. the Bible. You know, and Pete and it's I are both ordained ministers. I don't remember any rock That's monsters right. being responsible for <laughs> Jeez. By the way, the Jennifer Connelly movie you need to watch is the Nick Nolte Mulholland Falls movie. Oh, you have told and me about that is, uh, she naked? quite yeah. a lot. Now, now, didn't she, she didn't, didn't she get her uh, Mazzulabalogonas reduced? I think yes, she got she them did, uh, uh, reduced, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which is fine. I mean, whatever you want to do. Um, no, it's not. Well, it depends. <laughs> She's not the same. I'm sorry. Well, I wouldn't have any idea. I don't know that, and I'm happy for her. And anyway, Jennifer Conley is f uh, 53 
years old. Today. She's married to the Vision, Paul Bettany, who's also in the Marvel. Oh, well, I did not know that either. Uh, let's see, 419, our history list here at the Cumberland's uh, list this morning. Uh, 1980, Armand Hammer, otherwise known as Armand Hammer, Armand Hammer, the American oil tycoon in 1980, bought the manuscript of Leonardo da Vinci's writings and ideas, bought it at a London, London auction for about $5 million in 1980. Fourteen years later, 1994, it auctioned again. Bill Gates bought it for $30 million. <laughs> So, there you are, not too bad. Um, and uh, in 1792 in Vienna, 22-year-old Ludwig van Breto, Beethoven received one of his first lessons in music composition from Joseph Haydn, or Haydn, I guess it is Haydn. I think it's Haydn, you classical music fans. Uh, 420 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. How's it going? Uh, 404-741-1230, 404-741-1230. We've got political stuff going on. You can hear from my uh, comedian Daniel Tosh in a minute here as well. But first, uh, this is still Hanukkah for several more days. And the, um, uh, the first husband, I guess they call him the... Then they call him the first, uh, second husband or something, S- second something, second spouse. I don't know what they call him. He's married to uh, Carmela Sidepiece, the yeah, the second cuckold. Uh, Douglas Emhoff, the guy, uh, her vice president, Carmela Sidepiece, vice president, uh, got his Hanukkah story wrong. Uh, social media post and is getting kind of scolded for it. He put an image of him and that disgusting, worthless sidepiece. Uh, lighting a menorah, and then his versions uh, version of the origins of the eight-day Jewish holiday. For example, quote, The story of Hanukkah and the story of the Jewish people has always been one of hope and resilience. In the Hanukkah story, the Jewish people were forced into hiding. No one thought they would survive or that the few drops of oil they had would last, but they survived and the oil kept burning. During those eight days in hiding, they recited their prayers and continued their traditions. Emhoff, by the way, is Jewish. He said that's why Hanukkah means dedication. It was during those dark nights that the uh, Maccabees dedicated themselves to maintaining hope and faith in the oil, each other, and their Judaism. He added he thinks of the story during dark times. Well, (coughs) the Hanukkah story isn't really about Jews hiding with a little bit of oil. Uh, It celebrates the rededication of the Second Temple in Jerusalem in the second century and celebrates the Jewish uh, Maccabees' victory over their uh, Greek Syrian oppressors. When the Jews sought to rededicate the temple, they found only a one-day supply of sacred oil that miraculously lasted for eight days. Social media users criticized Emhoff's post, saying, uh, how could this have happened? It didn't happen. I'm really hoping the second gentleman left this to some hapless, uneducated intern who couldn't even be bothered to consult Wikipedia. Eight days in hiding? <laughs> My God, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's Jewish. Well, you're, you're he's, <laughs> he's Jewish. <laughs> now, what does Meshuggah mean? I've heard it, and I'm sure I've crazy. said it. Crazy. Oh, cra- okay. You're now, this isn't, is there a, is there one we can't see on the radio? Yeah, it, it starts with a P with a four-letter word. Is that is that bad? Does that mean? Uh, you have several words. That well, putts. Is that that's what she said. You can't say. <laughs> Uh, 
423 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. A goofy Tuesday. I don't know what's going on that day. This business with these headlights is driving me nuts. I'm going home at night now in the dark, and I'm just I'm 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 getting angrier and angrier. People keeping their brights on, and I'm thinking, what the hell's going it's, on? And nobody used to do that all the time. Small things just fade away. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 423. Daniel Tosh, edgy comedian, but he says uh, you have to have consequences, even if it costs him members of his family. Daniel Tosh used to do a Comedy Central show called Tosh.0, and he uh, has been uh, making purposely offensive jokes, and at the same time uh, saying when he makes fun of rednecks or whatever, wondering how he'd be told uh, if he's not allowed to do that anymore, and he asked what he thought about the cancel culture. Well, here's a little Daniel Tosh uh, describing how he thinks you have to stand up for what you did. Actually, this is just him doing a comedy bit. Oh, I beg your pardon? So. Well, let's do a comedy bit, and then I'll explain <laughs> what he said. That's a total different story, which All is right, just Daniel. fine by me. Here's Daniel Tosh. Right There's here. nothing more shameful in our country's <laughs> past than slavery. Okay, that's horrible. But I've grown up in a generation where I've idolized black people my entire life. They are better at everything. <laughs> so the fact that we pulled off slavery... <laughs> I've already said it's awful. <laughs> That's off the table. I'm just saying it's kind of neat. I mean, at any point, they could have been like, you know we can just run away, right? And you will never catch us. And if you do, we will beat the living out of you. <laughs> Daniel Tosh. Now, he was asked on an appearance what he thought about cancel culture and whether he was able to say things as a comedian that he used to say and probably can't anymore. Well, he said this. I think it's great. Cancel people. I think people deserve it. And, you know, obviously it's not a real thing where, oh, your livelihood is gone. He claimed to be his guest, wellness expert, Rosie, something or other. As someone who's done things and said horrible things constantly, I've had backlash and I deserve it. You just heard him talking about slavery stuff right there. He went on to argue, quote, there has to be consequences, and I also don't think there's a problem with evolving. And, oh, I used to be able to say this, and now I can't. Okay, well, fine, good, I'm okay with that. Uh, his host responded, while it can be a good thing for people to evolve, she suggested many seem more interested in lashing out and ridiculing as opposed to giving people the opportunity to change and alone, so to speak. Uh, uh, Tosh claimed that while he has never changed anything because of anything, he declared he is thankful that none of his ex-girlfriends ever wrote an article criticizing him. Earlier in this episode, he talked about distancing himself from family members. He said, quote, I'm happy to get rid of family members. As soon as I see the way they vote on a few issues, I'm like, you're out. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. Wow. And it's just, I think what he's... What a piece of crap he is. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> and by the way, he's... Yeah, he'll, as soon as he gets canceled, he'll whine about it. Well, not only that, he, he probably can't get canceled. He's probably got enough money uh, from all of his big-time Charlie Network stuff. He's, you know, so he's, he, like he said, he said, uh, well, it's not like, you know, you're okay, your livelihood is gone. Well, your livelihood can be gone, <laughs> depending on who you are. Yes. <laughs> if I get canceled, it's over. You know, I, 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 I don't have FU money. You got FU money? <laughs> anyway. Uh, for not, yet. not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I keep playing that lottery, baby. I know I'm guy not a got a winner in me somewhere. Uh, I am. <laughs> I won ten dollars the other day. Well, there you go. <laughs> 
Oh, Lordy. Uh, things are changing. May, oh, a, a couple of video things, and I want to get to the story if we can do it before the break. I saw a couple of videos on, uh, popped up on my phone. One of them was because, oh, well, first we'll do the one in Seattle. Have you seen the video in Seattle? Apparently now the new thing is to take video while you are driving your car deliberately into a pedestrian in a hit and run, laughing about it and driving away. Police in Seattle have video of people laughing in a car doing that. There's also security cam video and, uh, uh, you know, uh, observation video from corners showing people drive deliberately driving into pedestrians on sidewalks, driving and hitting other cars and speeding away for, for the fun of it. And Seattle police have a lookout for anybody who knows how to get these people. I, they, don't, they aren't seeing how they got this video. But apparently it's a thing in Seattle now to uh, deliberately run into people and cars and then laugh about it. And remember, they, they killed that, co- that retired uh, police chief uh, by, by doing it and laughing about it. Now, they caught them, though. And one other video piece of video I saw was really hysterical uh, in a tragic way, of course. <clears throat> The NRA is reacting to new rules that the the uh, President White Trash Administration wants to put out about being able to sell your own guns to somebody else. Not ghost selling, but if you legitimately want to sell a gun to somebody, you ought to be able to do it. It's your property. Anyway, <clears throat> so they're trying to make a new rule about all that and change everything. And in light of that, they posted a video showing about how people need to be able to defend themselves. The video shows people standing in, the bro- in broad daylight, people standing at like a corner. A guy comes up from the, from the left in the screen, pulls out a gun and sticks the gun into the crowd like he's robbing him. Then all of a sudden you see a woman, a young wo- girl, pull out her gun and shoot the guy in the belly. And he falls to the ground immediately and grabs his belly and grabs his belly and she kicks his gun away and then she takes off for a second around there and then she goes right back, kicks his gun away and then stands over him pointing her gun at him like saying, go ahead, dare me, dare me, dare me. And then and finally she kicks him and rolls him over onto his stomach. I mean, it was just beautiful. It was just a girl. It's like a blonde, a 20-year-old blonde chick. Pulls out her gun and shoots him in the belly. And then threatens to keep shooting him. <laughs> I mean, she's, I can't hear what she's saying, but it's obvious. She's saying, go ahead, make my, I guarantee she said, make my day, make my day. And she, you know, she could have plugged him a few more times, but he wasn't, he was you know, kind of groaning and moaning on, on the sidewalk, on the road. Uh, but, uh, you know, I thank God. <laughs> Got to love it. I know what you're asking yourself. <laughs> well, in all this noise and confusion, <laughs> did you fire six shots? <laughs> Only five. Well, do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> 430 with a kiver peat and flounder. <laughs> well, do you? <ya? laughs> How you doing? Here we go. Little smoky coming your way with a carapine flower. Yeah, baby. 434. A little soul. It's a great song. It's just. Smokey Robinson, man, 1970. Smokey and the Miracles, two-week run at number one in the singles charts with Tears of a Clown. It was their 26th top 40 hit, and their first number one was also number one in Britain. It was written by Stevie Wonder in 1966, and as producer Hank Cosby, Smokey Robinson wrote the lyrics. But the tune written by Stevie Wonder, well, I'll be darned. 
Uh, that's pretty cool. 1970. Uh, let's see. A birthday list here in the uh, Kimmerpeen Flounder. Uh, Dion Warwick. Do you know the way to San Jose? Uh, one of my, my favorite songs for was, was uh, Don't Make Me Over. I thought that was a great song. Dionne Warwick, uh, and she also does psychic stuff. And she's Whitney Houston's she cousin. Was, yeah. She was. Uh, and uh, Dionne Warwick is 83 uh, today. So happy birthday to her. And say a Little Prayer was a good one, too. Say a Little Prayer. That was another good one. Another good one. And uh, let's see. On this day, in uh, I've got a double whammy here for the same guy. 1896 and 1901. First, 1896, Guglielmo Marconi. Guglielmo Marconi gives a demonstration of his invention, the radio, in front of the public at Toynbee Hall in London. That was 1896. Then in 1901, Marconi sends the first wireless transmission 2,000 miles over the Atlantic from Cornwall, England to Newfoundland, Canada. The transmission consisted of three signals for the Morse code letter S. Three dots. There you are. And a bing, boom, bada bomb. Uh, let's see. 436, Kimber Pete and Flounder. Here's the phone number. 404-741-1230. Uh, people standing up for themselves told you about the story of that girl with a gun shot that guy right in the belly. Man, was that freaking hysterical. I mean, and, and again, obviously, uh, she, it was funny to watch. You haven't seen the video. It was funny to watch her. I mean, she just reacted. Boom, shot him. And then she bolted uh, quickly to her left and kind of got behind a, a, something. In, in, I couldn't really see the, what it was. She kind And then she came right back again and realizing, oh, wait a minute, I can't just, you know, he's still, the gun's still there and maybe he's going to get up again. So she, I mean, she freaked out, obviously, and then did the right thing. She came back to make sure the the scene was secure, people were safe, and the guy didn't have his gun. I mean, pretty impressive. I don't know who this girl was or whatever happened, but, but I'll tell you what, pretty. if you haven't seen the video and you do, it's pretty damn impressive. And now here's another account just to show you what's going on. Again, the NRA is standing up. There. Uh, President White Trash is trying to change gun laws again. And here's a case that happened uh, just uh, a short while ago in Alabama. Uh, a surveillance camera show a woman identified as Heather Wright, 32 years old, wearing a dark hood and gloves and a face mask, uh, coming into a, uh, let's see, a shopkeeper store in Alabama, Glendale, Alabama. She wished the workers in there happy holidays and then said, I don't want to hurt you, but I'm going to. Uh, the uh, the star owner, uh, store owner did what he had to. What happened was she said she walked in, uh, she uh, wedged the door open with a block, and then triggering the owner, a guy named Dennis Wright, to draw his gun. She said, the girl said, happy holidays, I don't want to hurt y'all, but I am, then started unleashing bear spray. So the, guy, the store owner, Dennis, took a shot at her, hit her in the shoulder, sent her reeling. She dropped her bag, screamed for him to stop, and then fled out the door. He found more weapons in her purse, hit the alarm, and locked down the store. Uh, they captured her eventually. And he, uh, this guy, Dennis, the store owner, says, you know, I've lost sleep over the incident. I was glad the police got a hold of her. Some people, poor choices, uh, made me do something I hope I never have to do. The girl's being held without bond, three charges of robbery and th- criminal use of defense spray. And he said, I'm glad she didn't die. Hope she can turn her life around. Well, that seems like a pretty nice attitude to have for a woman. Uh, again, she had a weapon, but she also had hair sp- uh, air, air, uh, bear spray. Anyway. Oh, and I love this. Uh, well, what's the matter? Uh, what do we have? You got a phone call? 
Yes, we have Chris in Houston who wants to comment on your blood pressure uh, issue. <laughs> Excellent. 439. Chris in Houston, how's it going? Chris, you're on the radio. What's up? Pete Flounder, the man has an iPhone. <laughs> He's worried about AI. And he doesn't know this is a battery-operated blood pressure machine. No, he doesn't. <laughs> well, he does now. <laughs> no, I mean, no, hey, Pete, he thought a... That man machine was coming to his house. <laughs> he could sit in. He thinks he has to go to Publix and, and actually swipe a credit card to get blood pressure. Well, that's what the machine said. I walked, I saw it today as I was doing no, something you, else. You don't have to do that, Gamer. Well, that's what it showed. You have to sit down on the little no, bench. You just sit there and, and you, you hit the button and it pumps up. It doesn't charge you. Well, there's a thing to slap your uh, credit card. Uh, it was a thing right there. And it had, uh, I, now it said, you know, sit down and push the button, but it had the credit card swiping machine right there, showed you which, uh, you know, which card side up and all that stuff. That's for suckers. But you get over $30 now, Kimmer. Oh, oh my God. Well, I'm going to do that uh, uh, tomorrow morning. I'm going to go see if my little princess is working and I'll uh, diddle doddle around her when she'll talk. She, you know, she always starts a conversation. She asks me how I'm doing and what your plans are and all this kind of stuff. She's so sweet. It's just unbelievable. And I'm afraid to ask to take her picture because that would be too uh, intrusive. Yeah, uh, but crazy. anyway, yeah, well, anyway. Uh, well, well, thank you, uh, <laughs> our Houston <laughs> naysayer. Yeah, I don't know a lot of things. I'm sorry. I'm just, yeah, that's, that's all I got. I didn't know you could go buy your own stupid blood pressure machine. I'm going to do it tomorrow, and I'll be very excited about it. Anyway, as I was saying, here's how different people are depending on where you live. The leftists have gone overboard again. When I, I lived, I spent two years in San Francisco back 40-plus years ago. And it was, uh, I mean, a beautiful, terror, beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful geography, just gorgeous. We'd drive up and down the uh, Route 1, the, the Coast Highway and stuff, and Muir Woods and Mount Tamalpais and the coast. I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous, and they've ruined it. I, used to, I, I lived in Tiburon across the Golden Gate Bridge, and I used to drive the Golden Gate Bridge twice a day, look out at, at uh, Alcatraz, and I mean, it's just uh, spectacular views. Uh, and the Tenderloin District was a famous one for the gay area. And the AIDS area, as it turned out, well, a supervisor, which is their councilman, who represents that district, says, well, we got all this homelessness because of you damn uh, capitalists. Uh, that's the problem as a, re- a direct result of capitalism. Of course, the Tenderloin District, known for its open-air drug market, half the city's homeless population live there. Thousands and thousands of them. Uh, And this guy says, again, he's a supervisor, he's a councilman. He said the biggest driver of why folks around the street is because they lost their jobs, income, or were evicted from their homes, usually for not being able to pay the rent. So you have major landlords literally causing folks to lose their homes and real estate speculation making it impossible for folks to find an affordable place to live. Well, I said the city's instant uh, inconsistent approach to arresting drug users and sweeping homeless encampments is, is completely counterproductive. It's not made our city safer. In fact, it's made it less safe. It increases overdoses. Uh, he got kind of a backlash a couple of months ago proposing a law that would ban security guards from drawing their weapons over property c- crimes at a time when retailers and residents alike are fleeing over public safety concerns. Elon Musk, by the way, uh, calls this guy, this councilman, the most uh, responsible person for the destruction of San Francisco. And it's for stuff like that. They're blaming merchants. They're blaming capitalism, people who own companies and hiring people, and then people get fired, and so they're blaming the guys for firing them. 
Not for the workers who aren't doing the work. (laughs) Not not for the socialist progressive uh, for the last three, four decades that have destroyed the city, their policies. It's somebody else's fault. It's never their fault. (laughs) It never fails. And by the way, this this was astounding to me. And I guess guess I'm happy for him. Uh, A UPS driver named Skylar Stutzman in Oregon posted a video of his paycheck. In the name of pay transparency or whatever, he has a quarter million TikTok followers. He posted a video showing a pay stub with pre-tax earnings of a little over $2,000 for one week. His uh, pay rate of 44 plus $44 an hour for a 42-hour work week was about $1,300 take-home. He had original video of 12 million views. And a lot of folks are expressing jealousy, a lot of shocked at other things. Uh, one guy said, 40 bucks an hour. Meanwhile, I'm making fighting for my life for $15 an hour. Another says, that's pretty good money for only 42 hours a week. Average UPS driver's salary, because of their new Teamsters deal, the average UPS driver's salary as a result of this agreement with the Teamsters, the average salary, $170,000. Pay and benefits. All part-time union employees already working at UPS, excuse me, will be making. I don't have the hiccups. Oh my god! Yeah, right there, Foster Brooks. <laughs> Maybe this was what I was talking about the other night. If I drop dead, I've had a great life. I tell my kids I love them, and everything's fine. Four forty-five, and. He's alive. Okay, never mind. Uh, for all the part-time workers, employees who are already working at UPS, they'll be making tw- a little over 25 bucks an hour, plus benefits. After months of intense negotiations with the Teamsters, <laughs> yeah. But they got at one point, they said, uh, you know, we're the Teamsters. You know that, right? Okay, all right, fine. Anyway, 170. <laughs> how many Teamsters drivers does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> 14. You got a problem with that? Uh, 170 grand for your average UPS driver. Hundred and seventy grand. And hmm. good for them. Four forty five, quarter five with a curb. Do you have to unload the packages I too or just drive well, the truck? I think you have to walk and take a picture of it to the driveway. So there's that. I can drive the truck. Yeah, we could drive the truck. Get somebody to unload for me, you know. <laughs> quarter of five. <laughs> Give her feet and wall. Pay them half. There you go. <laughs> Did we skip down another one? <laughs> no, I guess not. No, because... Uh, this is him, right? The Doors? Yeah, Jim Morrison. There we go. Because they don't change the load of the song. See, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to the road. Let's go. Well, no, no, it's fine. They're they're huge, and I'm over here. He's been dead half a century, and he knows there are portable (laughs) blood pressure machines that you can purchase. How about eat me? How about that? (laughs) Portable this. I got a little something portable right here. Yeah, it's right behind this little door right over here. Yeah, got a little special portable for you there. I didn't know they had portable machines you could buy and do it yourself. I was going to drive to Publix nine times to get a blood pressure reading from their machine at the Publix. (laughs) I wish I hadn't said. 
said anything now. I wish I just heard you bitch for weeks about driving to public three times a day. I'll bet you do, mister. <laughs> <laughs> How funny oh, would that have been after the ninth trip, or after the eighth trip, after trip number eight, as a three trips on faster, and Pete says, oh, you know, uh, you could have had your own, you know, they got one there for you, right? for 30 bucks, you could have had your own. You, you know what I should have done? I should have kept my mouth shut yeah. until Monday, yeah. and I should have come in with my machine and not said a word and do it right in front of you and have you go, what are you doing? <laughs> because Monday is when I have my, have to have all these documents ready. Oh my God! Next Monday I have my my latest medical yeah. another one to check up. I had this stuff today. It's just a nightmare. They're just, and they're trying to wear the VA's just trying to wear me down. So I just say forget it, leave me alone. I, I'm sorry I bothered yep. you. You know, and, and by the way, just for the record, at 4:52, uh, I was I was thinking about this too. In fact, you've mentioned this before about joining the military. Uh, I, I, they're they're going after the Navy SEAL who killed uh, uh, Bin Laden uh, for a couple of things, and again, just military stuff. And I'm I'm thinking more and more about this stuff and, and, and dealing with the VA. Uh, you know, I still you know I still love the Marines. I'm gonna be a Marine till I die, and I'm sure they're gonna have me uh, uh, cremated with a Marine Corps and American flag in there and everything else. Uh, but as, uh, but still, you know, honestly, I would be I'd think long and hard if you want to join the military or if you always wanted to, then you should. If you want to do it and you always wanted to do it, then you should. But be aware. You're on your own. You know, when you get in there, you're, you're going to find people that you do not want to be with. And you're not going to be able to do a damn thing about it. Because you got nothing. You're on the low point on the totem pole. I mean, you know, you'll be bossed around by people who know nothing. Uh, and so, I mean, if you want to do it, do it. But understand this. When you get out, uh, you can't count on anybody. Uh, then, now, there were helpers, this girl, Rita, uh, who does this for a living with the veteran services in Georgia. These people are wonderful. But they were on, they're the ones who help you fill out the paperwork. But when it gets cut, cuts time to it, you know, the VA, if they don't feel like it, they tell you to go to pound sand. You know, I, I've got stuff that should have been, should have been uh, taken care of, and, and they don't freaking believe me. So, you know, I mean, again, I'm just a word of the wise. You, you go in and do it and, be, you know, do all that stuff. And I hope that if you're a Marine, I hope there's war you can go to uh, so you can have your war experience and come back and be a happy person and everything else. But you're on your own, man. And, and, and the same thing with the country, too. Where's all the American flags? I mean, you really think America supports our veterans? <laughs> Please. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get up on a thing there. Did I even do the music we were talking about? <laughs> yeah, Jim Moore. Oh, no, yes. I never did the music, did I? Uh, the reason we were playing that song uh, was in 1970. I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I, well, again, I keep doing this medical stuff, and it's driving me freaking nuts. And, and it leads to a whole thing about memories and stuff that, you know, setting up fires in my head and says just, yuck. Anyway, 1970, Jim Morrison and the Doors. What? I know. I, I know. If you don't know a you guy like You just interrupted me, your yeah, interruption. I, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> that's why I play Raymond. <laughs> Our birthday boy who wrote Ramblin' Man just for the Kimmer. Uh, 1970, uh, the Doors played what would be their last ever live show with Jim Morrison when they played at the whore, I'm sorry, the warehouse in New Orleans. <laughs> I did it on purpose. It was 1970. And now, a history note while I calm down. 455. Uh, the 1925, on this day, 1925, the first motel opens in San Luis Obispo, California, called the Milestone Hotel, a motel, the Milestone Motel. It was the midpoint between Los Angeles and San Francisco, and for one room for one night, it was $1.25. You know where they got the word motel? 
What, what, what? Motor and hotel. Motorist and hotel. Absolutely. You could park your car at your room instead of at some parking lot and walking into the hotel lobby. You, uh, that's why they got the motel. Also, on this day, um, speaking of hotel people, uh, she'll own these famous words forever. Only the little people pay taxes. Was on this day in 1989, Leona Helmsley, wife of the famous uh, real estate mogul, was fined $7 million and got four years in prison. Leona Helmsley, only the little people pay taxes. Uh, 456, was that my phone dinging? Oh, I wonder. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to check this real quick because I'll bet this is a medical thing. Uh, an important message from, oh, my God, from Nikki Haley. <laughs> I just got a message from Nikki Haley. Dear Kim, I've always wanted you. Please meet me tonight at the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> not, not out loud. Uh, take, uh, uh, before you exit this, Kim, please take 30 seconds to read this important message. Well, I'll read it. Shall I open it? Now, what no. happens if I open it? Are they going to bug me forever? Then you're on her it? list. All right, so I shouldn't yeah, open it? All right. No. By the way, I, I heard uh, the latest I heard was that she now is num- is like number two, and she's getting the New Hampshire yeah. governor's endorsement. Uh, and, of course, they're, they're, uh, she and, and DeSantis gets the endorsement for the Iowa governor. Isn't that the Iowa governor girl? Or is that in India? I think yeah, it's the girl. Iowa governor yeah. girl. And it's the new news in New Hampshire. It's the new news in New Hampshire. So, so in New Hampshire's going for Nikki and Iowa's going for DeSantis. Both of them trail Trump by 30 or 40 points. But it goes to indicate that apparently if, if this is a kind of trend happens, and I, I, I assume just from the momentum that's going on what we're covering it so far, I assume that clearly the two of them are the only possible uh, uh, people who have any chance of, of uh, showing some competition oh, she, to Donald Trump. She's number one on the vice presidential list. Yeah, if she I think without question. Well. I think without question. And I don't think DeSantis would take it even if he's offered. I think he'd wait and, and do it on no. his own in four years. He'd let somebody else ruin it. Uh, but... Uh, so I, I think I think clearly that's what, what's going to happen is now. Now, again, uh, I heard Andy McCarthy said this, this, this afternoon I was listening to the radio show and Andy McCarthy, who knows what he's talking about, he's a former like U.S. attorney and special counsel on stuff. And he was saying that the, because he bets, he guesses that the U.S. Supreme Court will rule in favor of Jack Smith, who wants the Supreme Court to bypass the appeals court process and directly take on immediately and rule themselves whether or not. Donald Trump can be charged with a crime that happened while he was president of the United States and whether a president of the a former president of the United States is immune from prosecution anyway. And uh, Andy McCarthy believes that the Supreme Court will rule. I think he said they'll rule six, three or five, four, that Donald Trump does not have immunity and that he will be able to stand trial and Andy predicted the trial will go forward in March as the as uh, anticipated after this ruling uh, which has not come he's predicting this uh, and if it comes in March he will be convicted of at least one of the counts this is a Washington case where the Washington DC judge hates him and the people in Washington hate him so he has no chance of game of being acquitted so he'll be convicted of at least one count and according to the indictment and the charge it would be a mandatory prison term and so then you've got a former president going to prison during an election campaign in Andy predicts it'll happen in May or early June next year with the election in November. So the former former president would be convicted of a crime and be in jail. And he said because of the nature of these crimes, he also would not be able to get a, a bond. 
He'd have to stay there while the appeal process happened. So he'd be in jail appealing while he's running for president. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be real. He'd be elected in a landslide. Landslide. And if and by the way, we'd all be there to make sure of it too. Talk about an insurrection if something bad happened. Oh, <laughs> you believe in it, the baby? Yeah. Where they at five o'clock with the Kimmer Pete and Flounder? Stand by for our news and fun and happy stuff. Look out! Here we go. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Together, ladies, left shoulder, right up leg, ready on your dog's target. Road guards out. Stand by, it's only me, it's only the Kimmer. 503 with Pete Davis and Flounder. And phone calls. We've got Matt and William and Edward standing by. We'll be right with you guys. We're almost 504 as we speak. And a number 404-741-1230. 404-741-1230. Lots of stuff going on here. The news. Holy crap, it's sports coming up. More Flounder's funnies. Maybe do a little of Pete's tweets and stuff. We're going to talk about some politics with the Rules Committee edging toward impeachment. And also the Harvard business. And uh, Elise Stefanik. Man, I like this chick more and more uh, blasting what Harvard did today. And if you haven't heard the AI changing the words, remember we suggested this the other day? I was talking about how if you take out the word Jew or Jewish from the Chance River to the Sea stuff and all the hate for the Jews and put in black or gay or tranny or LGBT or liberal or, you know, whatever, and go nuts. Well, someone did it on AI and it sounds, I mean, it really drives it home. So all that's coming up. First to the phones, it's Matt standing by. Matt, thank you so much for your patience. God bless America, sir. You're on the radio. What's up? Hey, Kimmer, how you doing? Doing great, man. What's happening? I'm having a fantastic day. I, just, I listen to you every day. I appreciate you taking my phone call. Yes, sir. Um, that being said, 
the UPS driver average is slightly off. Oh, really? So, yes, I, I'm currently in a UPS truck right now delivering packages, and that's the max you can make. Uh, and that's if you work 60 hours a week every single day, oh. 52 weeks a year. Oh, boy. Well, that well, so, they didn't say that. <laughs> yes, so you're not allowed to work more than well, 60 I'm out, hours then. a week. That's, <laughs> yeah. So the if, if you just simply do the numbers, if you worked the maximum 60 hours a week, yeah, you'd make 160 thousand a year. All right, but who would want to work seven days a week? I mean, you know, if, unless you want me, well, I've that, done it for years. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to work seven days a week, but that's the, that's 60 hours a week. The most you could make is one hundred sixty thousand. I got you. Well, now, just I, again, I don't want you don't have to be personal about this, but generally speaking, if a guy wants to be a UPS driver uh, today, right now, yes, says, you know what? Uh, what the hell? I'm going to go and check this out. What would he expect to make as a beginning UPS driver uh, and uh, hired on the job as a full time UPS driver? What would what would kind of the salary range be? Uh, well, he would start in the warehouse loading trucks at twenty one bucks an hour. That's where you would start. And what does that come out to off the top of my head? I, mean, I can't add it up for It's like, like 40, 40 grand a year or something like that? Something like that. And it takes a couple of years loading trucks before you're going to be driving trucks. Okay. And then when, you, when you're actual driver and you're delivering packages and stuff like that, what, what does that bump up to for your average guy for a couple of years on the job? Is that like 80, 90 grand maybe? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Somewhere in that range just Good. based on how, yeah. you know, how, how much work. But it's going to take... Um, it's going to take five to six to seven years before you're going to hit top pay, and and top pay is not even that much. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: Are, are you? Uh, would you say we don't know your last name, and I, I assume you're not going to be in trouble? Are you delivering packages right now? I hear all the bingo. Are you taking like uh, videos to show you showed up and everything? Yes, sir. I'm <laughs> walking around cool. delivering packages as we speak. Oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> So, uh, now, now, would you? I'm multitasking. I, I bet you are. I guess you are. Uh, now, would you? Uh, is this a? Is this a good job? Is this a happy job? Would you suggest people this is a great way to make a living, or is it just a pain in the neck like everything else? Uh, absolutely, it's a great job. It's like any job. Some days are great. Some days yeah. are terrible. Yeah, but, so, but, but you know, but the vast majority of the time. I have a great time and enjoy it. Yeah, and plus, always those days that you know are not good. Yeah, and, and also you get to park any damn where you want, man. You guys are brutal. <laughs> well, I've heard you complaining about our parking, backing in, and blocking streets and backing into driveways. Well, the only you so, know yeah. actually the only thing that killed me was in my cul-de-sac. I have I rent a townhouse in a cul-de-sac, and one day I'm trying to leave for work, and I pull around the corner, and there's a UPS truck driver on the right-hand side of our drive and uh, exit, and there's a UPS driver facing the other way coming toward me, and they were about four feet apart chatting with each other. And I stayed there, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and they're just having a good time talking. And finally, I kind of waved and said, hey, I'm trying to drive here. You know, <laughs> so, uh, well, But, but I love you. Blocking traffic. I'll, I'll agree to that. Well, anyway, but I, but I appreciate the service. And again, I paid a lot of money the other day to get everything done, but I'm confident it'll be there. They do the job. They were right there. They were quick. I was out in no time. They had all the stuff typed up and printed, and, and uh, I was pretty impressed, I'll be honest with you. I know it's not cheap anymore, but I was impressed with the service, and uh, they deliver stuff to me all the time, so I, I have no complaints. Uh, now, th Matt, thanks uh, for talking with us. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for the information, too. That helps. Have a great day. Merry Christmas Day. Uh, uh, William, is William still with us? 508 with the Kim Repeat and Flounder. William, you're on the radio. Hey, man, what's up? First of all, I want to tell you, Cameron, I've been listening to you for years. 
Love you. Love the show, okay? All right, sir. Please don't ever leave us again. Well, as, it wouldn't be up to me, <laughs> <All> sir. <laughs> I tried to hang on before. It didn't work too well for me, did it? <laughs> no, but we'll go down to the radio station next time. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, Kimmer, I was a firefighter paramedic for 25 years. Oh, bless you, sir. And I, and I hate to bust Pete's bubble. <laughs> Do not use those home blood pressure machines. Oh, no, I why? Well, what, what do you mean? No, oh, no, pay no attention. Of, oh, no, no, no. And I'm going to tell you why. All right. I have seen people put themselves in the hospital because they see the number. They don't know what they're looking at. They freak out. They take it 15 minutes later. They get scared. The number went up. They get scared. Number goes up. Next thing you know, they're in stroke territory and calling me. <laughs> well, now, oh, that would I, never I, happen to Kimmer. <laughs> <laughs> he would never panic. <laughs> I would never overreact on anything, would I? <laughs> yeah, right. The other problem is the other problem. Those machines are designed for quote unquote an average person. Yeah. So if you're off by just a little bit, and you're average. The numbers are off. Yeah. They don't work. So what you need to do is. Go down to your local fire station. They stop by there anytime. They will do a blood pressure check on you for free. Won't charge you a dime, and it will be an accurate reading. You know, that's a great. I, I hadn't thought about that. Now, let me yeah, ask you. Now, three times me, a day. Now, no, well, no. Now, let me say. No, no, it's no problem. You do it. You do it first thing in the morning, like when you get up, when you're ready to go, and do it on your way home from the station. Yeah. No yeah. Well, now, let me ask you this. I've had, I mean, I, I, I don't have high blood pressure any as we speak because I'm taking medicine. So my, every time I get my blood pressure taken, I, the last time I took it was months ago for some reason at the doctor checkup. And it was, uh, it's always, you know, 120 over 90 or something right. in that area. And so I assume that that's pretty much going to be the case. So if I go get one of these home things at the at the drugstore tomorrow, at the Publix tomorrow, and bring it home and it shows that I'm somewhere in the uh, 120, 130, 90, 100 range, stuff like that, that, sound, that should be pretty close to what I've had my whole life since I've been taking this medicine, so that should be indication that it's probably okay, right? I would say, I would assume. Right, but you'd have to, do, yeah, and it would be fine, and you'd have to, you'd have to have an actual reading, yeah. you know, the thing that they wrap around the arm, yeah. to yeah. double check it, yeah, to make sure, hey, yeah, this is my reading on the arm, this is my reading on the machine. I got you. But I'll tell you something else about these machines. Yeah. When the batteries start getting weak in them, yeah. they start getting false readings. Okie dokie. Well, because, I, people, right, because people don't keep the batteries charged up and they don't keep the machine charged up. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're getting false readings on them. Well, uh, William, I really appreciate it, my friend. And I will make I, I think people are going to be a lot better informed right now because you and Pete Davis can kiss your foot. And I will be <laughs> going to get a machine tomorrow. And right. I'll bet it's 120 over 90. And I'm going to bring it in here and do it on the air, if I remember. God bless you, Cameron. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, uh, William. I, I appreciate I, I, it. I think instead of bugging the public's people three times a day, I think you should bug your local fire yeah, Go to the firehouse three, times, three times, times a day. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, boys. <laughs> if you could hold on that engine for a minute. I know you got the lights on, but I, I need to get this done. I'm late for my uh, – oh, mercy. Uh, all right, what, let's, let's get to Edward. Uh, we still have Edward on the line there, Flounder. Uh, Edward, you're on the radio. Thanks for holding in your patience. I appreciate it, sir. What's going on? <laughs> Hey, Kimmer. Good to hear you. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, I think I think you're a little harsh on the VA. I, I found them really a, a, a very valuable asset. 
uh, I've, I've been dealing with them for a very, very long time. You know, and, and just like anything else, if you have a house claim or an automobile claim, in this case, I'm sure you're trying to make a claim for disability, you're going to have to prove that. And if you don't have the proof, they're not going to to uh, provide you with the disability you're looking for. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, the, yeah, I, I understand. And again, I'm not uh, either. There the people who work at the VA are uh, dedicated, wonderful people. I've run into well, when I was down in Florida uh, at the VA was my entire only medical care people. And they were fantastic uh, up here at Decatur. I can't say the same thing, but again, I haven't been there in many, many years. So it's not fair to even to complain about that. But generally speaking, the problem is I have I have things that are that are, 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 are accurate and provable. But because I didn't have something in writing 20 years ago saying this is the cause of this and this and I don't have it in writing because it's gone because Piedmont Hospital doesn't keep your freaking records for 20 years they can say well I know you're I, I know you have this problem but since I can't prove it that no one wrote it down 20 years ago we're not gonna you know you're, you're out of it so you know that kind of crap you know it, it happened it's real everybody knows it any doctor who's ever had any stuff that I was going through because Agent Orange and everything else knows it it's not a secret everybody's you know 100% freaking true but if I don't have the damn thing written down from 20 years ago, you're out. So anyway, I don't mean to. I'm I, Edward. I appreciate. I, I God bless you for your service and uh, welcome home, brother. And uh, I, I hope you they're the best people in the world for you. I'm just. I'm a little negative. I'm sorry. I'm just because I'm going through it. I've been doing this for a freaking year. It's one thing after another, and then you get a little FedEx package. Well, you have to have your mask, and you have to do the dad. Well, you know I me, mean, my guy. Just give me the freaking stuff and leave me alone. Get out of here. Five fourteen. Uh, Pete's coming up. Thank God. <laughs> Look out. Uh, you'll be glad to know that Zelensky's at the White House right now in his dress sweatshirt answering questions about why we should give him more money. Uh, God, 518. But first, the fun part. Holy crap, it's sports with Pete Davis. Former Gators running back Trevor Etienne has entered the transfer portal, and word is he's probably going to Georgia. Where do you think? Georgia. Yeah, exactly. Georgia. That's where they're saying he's going to go. So now, we'll see. Didn't Etienne? Is he the brother of Etienne, the Georgia guy? Right? Is, do I have in my head right yes. here? Yes. Yes. Well, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? No. Well, neither one was Georgia until now, but uh, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's the brother of that other Etienne. Cool. They went to Clemson. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. And, and, right. and he it looks a, like Georgia recruit Dylan. No, I'm sorry. We got the, the thing going here. I'm sorry. You, you, you talk. You go. No, don't. don't. <laughs> it looks like Georgia recruit Dylan Rayola, the number one quarterback in the 2024 class, is going to visit Nebraska this weekend and likely will decommit from Georgia since his uncle is the offensive line coach for the Cornholers. Oh, but an intrepid Bulldog fan by the name of Laguna Dog has a cunning plan to stop this from happening. He posted this idea on the OND3 website. It's being reported that Rayola will visit Nebraska on Friday. I assume that he'll take the 221 Delta flight, which is also the last flight of the day to the state. Therefore, if this flight gets canceled, he likely won't be able to make the trip and stay committed to Georgia. Obviously, messing with commercial flights is a slippery slope. So I'm not suggesting that anybody does anything illegal, but does anyone here work for Delta? If some loyal Georgia pilots or flight attendants uh, can call in sick at the last minute, the flight could be canceled and we could keep Rayola. Maybe someone working could hold the flight up for maintenance issues. At the very least, he could lose his check bags, so he'd have to 
experience the Nebraska winter without a jacket. I'm just spitballing ideas, but if anyone has anything else, they would also be appreciated. Signed, Laguna Dog. <laughs> uh, isn't there some kind of a rule against interfering with a commercial airline or <laughs> federal well, uh, well, transportation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, BroBible.com has broken down this plan. Let's see. He wants a Delta employee to get multiple pilots and flight attendants who simultaneously call out sick at the same time in the name of recruiting. If that doesn't work, he wants a Delta employee to create fake maintenance issues for a plane without maintenance issues. And if that doesn't work, he wants a Delta employee to intentionally lose a customer's bag, not that they aren't good at that anyway, so that he could be cold as if he couldn't just buy another jacket. Sounds crazy. But if this works, we'll live like kings. Oh, mercy. <laughs> yeah, it ain't going to happen. Uh, no. Florida State Attorney General Ashley Moody is announcing that the state's AG office will launch an official investigation into Florida State's exclusion from the oh, college football. What do you mean, investigation? It's all subjective. I you can't know. investigate subjective. I mean, it's political. Oh, please. <laughs> it's political. Yeah. Uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert is going to have surgery to pair that fractured uh, index finger uh, today. He's on injured reserve, ending his season with 20 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Oh, it's so over. The Chargers, oh, it's man. Over. Yeah, wow. It's over. And Dolphins receiver Tyreek Hill is many things, but a man who doesn't listen to his wife is not one of them. Mm. He played only 33 snaps in last night's loss to the Titans after suffering an ankle injury in the first quarter. He's the NFL's leader in receiving yards, didn't play another snap until the third quarter. Mainly, he was inspired uh, by a text from the wifey. Yeah. When it happened, like my first reaction was like, man, my ankle is gone. My adrenaline kicked in. I ran off the field. I sat for a while. It got stiff, and I was going through a lot of pain. I came in at halftime, and I texted my wife. And I said, this blank hurt. I needed ankle massage tonight. And she's like, you better get your ass back in that game, dog. <laughs> to which he replied, all right. So, and he did. <laughs> he did. You better believe. That's right. <laughs> Pretty good reason why, yeah. I'll bet you. <laughs> You're the bacon bring homer. You better get out there and bring that bacon home. That's or else. <laughs> Rub your ankles. Why uh, you to... i give you a uh, the, end... <laughs> the end is nigh for Al Michaels. Oh. The 79-year-old thought he was going to call an NFL playoff game for NBC this season like he did last year, but that won't happen. Michaels left NBC for Amazon Prime, uh, but still called a game last year in the postseason. But he and Tony Dungy were criticized for that low-energy call during the Chargers-Jaguars game, which is one of the greatest comebacks ever. So it looks like NBC believes it's time for Michaels to mosey on out to the North 40. Yeah, left off the list, was he? Kind of a no stocking through. Left off the list, surprising. Mm -hmm. The Titans did something last night on Monday Night Football that hasn't been done in eight years. They overcame a 14-point deficit with under three minutes remaining and won and they won on the road for the first time this year, upsetting the Dolphins, as we mentioned earlier. So that's uh, that's very unusual. The nonsense. Yeah, I mean, Dolph- aren't the Dolphins? Uh, uh, aren't they favored to be maybe division champs and go a long way into the playoffs? I mean, they're one of the top teams, aren't they? Yeah. They got that really that greaseball looking coach. It's kind of a weird dude, man. He's just weird, but he's 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 good with his offense. But they come up strangely short at the worst yeah. times. They should have killed the Titans yeah. last night. Yeah. By the way, speaking of uh, and, of yeah. uh, I I can't remember the player now. I'm like an idiot. Uh, the social media is going nuts 
with the manager they're calling the Italian Stallion. Have you seen on this social media video? He manages the guy who uh, uh, the winning field uh, kick field goal the other day for Detroit. Or for I forgot who it was who made the winning field goal at the end. And his manager wears a, f- a black fedora and black uh, Rocky, you know, like Italian. They call him the Italian Stallion. And he's, I mean, he's he's everywhere all of a sudden. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, Nostradamus, that was my next story. Oh my God, here. Are you Let serious? me just get to that. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, here we go. <laughs> In the oh other game God. last night, the Giants won at home over the Packers. A last-second field goal. The loss makes the 49ers the first team to make a playoff spot. The Giants quarterback, Tommy DeVito, oh, yeah. a New Jersey native, had a dream game in front of his family. It looked like an episode of The Sopranos in the stands in a good way. I think Uncle Pauly was yes, there. Yes, it did. But, no, it was Tommy's agent who wore the fedora, the the black pinstripe suit and everything. Tommy DeVito is affectionately known up there as Tommy Cutlets, by the way. He is related to Danny DeVito, allegedly, who supposedly made some uh, cutlet sandwiches for the whole thing. Yeah, they kept showing the family in the stands. There's a lot of kissing on the cheeks going on, a lot of that stuff. Ooh, yeah. And and again, they made a huge thing. That's where I saw it on the news coverage this morning, watching TV, the news coverage, and that's right. I I forgot it was, I didn't know it was last night's game, honestly, to be honest with you. But He's got an enormous amount of coverage calling the Italian stallion, and he looks like a real grease ball, but but a real dude, yeah. you know. And, and he's well, good well, for I him. Say grease ball. Well, no, but, but, but uh, well, yeah, he's got a lot of jewelry. Well, but he's doing it on purpose. He's looking like a, you know, he's looking like an Italian yeah. mobster. I mean, he, sorry, but he looks like a member of the Sopranos clan. Uh, it's he hysterical. looks like Christopher Moltisanti. Yeah, he does exactly. Yeah. That it's a great look on now, him. Though. Now the weird thing. Oh, They're going to get in trouble. The Manning cast last night, which I don't watch anymore because Peyton yeah. has uh, jumped the shark. Yeah. Uh, they called him slimy, which Ooh, he is not what? happy about. Oh, that's a horrible yeah, they, way they to said put it. Was, he, yeah, not, got, not good at all. Oh, They're no. going to catch some flack. Slimy is for I'm the Biden you, fan. Manning, yeah. Peyton Manning is just, uh, he's lost it for me. That Bud Light thing and all that. If he thinks his ego is so big that he can bring back Bud Light, he has lost it. Calling the guy slimy too is not uh, not good. That's not unbelievable. And I have a Peyton yeah. thing for the uh, seconds. I have a I have a go, go I think, ahead, Peyton. Well, I was while he was doing it, I did. Uh, I heard him talking about there. I, I think I read about talking about him. Peyton Manning suggested concerning the play that cost the Kansas City Chiefs the game because the uh, offensive uh, receiver was lined up in the neutral zone. And Peyton Manning said his solution to this issue is to do the same thing they do for false start. It, when the, if the guy's lined up in the neutral zone and the ball is snapped, blow the whistle. Stop the play like they do with a false start. If there's a false start, they blow the whistle and the play never goes off. He's saying if you're lined up in the neutral zone and they snap the ball, blow the whistle, stop the play. It never should start. It never should start in the first place, like, like the other one. And it's that seems to me a pretty good idea. Well, that would it does solve the issue. Time, and you would never have seen that great play, right. even though it didn't count. I right. think I'd rather see the great play that doesn't count than than have a play called dead well, and never see anything. Well, as a fan, we always want to see great plays, but generally speaking, it would stop any yeah. problem with what happened. If the guy's lined up and they snap the ball, the, the play should be over because he's already broken the rule. Anyway, I, I, that's what Peyton Manning well, thought. What's the fun in that? We don't. Uh, anyway, I'm just. I don't just, get a chance to bitch and moan about. Uh, it. Uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just throwing it out there. There's something he had said. I don't care what way the other but it seems to, to be a, a peacemaker a i understand yeah, there you go <laughs>
For the second straight off season, the Mets have suffered a bad injury. Last year, they lost closer Edwin Diaz to a devastating knee injury at the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. He missed all yeah. of last season. Now their infield prospect, uh, Ronnie Mauricio, diagnosed with a torn ACL. Going to have surgery. He got injured in the Dominican Winter League. He's their fourth best prospect. Was expected to get a shot at third base in spring training. Oh, but not wow. Oh, boy. Well, that's remember when Chipper Jones... Remember when Chipper Jones, what, was it his rookie year, was his first game, and he tripped over first base or stumbled over no. whatever and put himself out? Well, what, uh, tell me about that. I thought about that was no. his first game. It was so. spring training. He was supposed to be his rookie year. Well, that's spring right. training, that's right. he was going up first base, and he hit the bag, and boom, and that out was, went uh, the knee. That's what yeah. it was, spring training game. that put him out. Yep. Sorry. By the way, happy birthday to Ralph Gar, one of my favorite players as a kid oh, on this yes. date in 1975. Unfortunately, the Braves traded Ralph Gar <laughs> and the greatest nickname of all time, Larvell Sugar Bear Blanks, <laughs> to the White Sox for Dick Ruthven, Ken Henderson, and uh, Flounder. Is Flounder where yeah, he's Flounder's supposed to be? in there, yeah. Is he where he's supposed to be? Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, my God, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the White Sox players. He spells his name different there. Eight years the Roadrunner spent in Atlanta. He batted 317, uh, led the league in average in, in 1974 at batting 354, his only All-Star game appearance. They used to play the sound when he go up the first baseline, beep, beep, like the Roadrunner. Yeah, he was a little fire plug. I remember Ralph Gar. I remember Ralph Gar very Didn't he just show up in a parade recently? Wasn't he involved with these oh, guys yeah, he's here? Been, he comes back once in a while. He was up in the booth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they interviewed him and everything. And if I remember correctly, he didn't really break his wrists. He just wanted to, like, slap at the ball and then use his speed to outrun it. He wasn't big on snapping his wrists like most yeah. players, well, almost all the players do. Well, Hank Aaron did that. Hank Aaron was, a, was a, and uh, was it Ernie Banks? Or, or, no, um, no, Hank Aaron was a cross crosshand yeah. for a while when he first came uh, up, then he switched. Yeah. But yet, uh, Hank Aaron was known for his wrists. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. That was his strength. Yeah. Well, who the hell am I thinking of here? Who is this? I don't know who the hell you're thinking of. Ty Cobb used to do that, too. Yeah, maybe back that was, in one, the, back was one of the early, early guys. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm out of it. On this date in 1899, yeah. George Bryant of Boston patented the wooden golf tee. Before that, that, golfers used human teeth. No, they did not. They kicked up dirt, you goofball. <laughs> Can I hit that here in my head? Wrote that myself. <laughs> and it's, uh, in fact, I'll tell you what I wrote myself. I wrote. Well, while you're uh, looking for it, I wrote. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, hell. Here we go. Um. Oh, I crossed it out. No, I can't read it. Uh, George, somebody patented the brilliant idea that saved a lot of scuffed golf shoes, the wooden golf tee. <laughs> That's what I'd written on. Yeah. <laughs> on this date in 2010, 17 inches of snow fell on the Metrodome in Minneapolis that caused the inflated roof to collapse. Oh, I remember that. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, Ken Herbeck was not crushed under the weight. <laughs> by a vowel. I remember when he showed up and the fan had a sign. By hey, Herbeck, a by a vowel. <laughs> yeah. And one year ago today, we lost uh, one of the great college football coaches of all time, the pirate Mike Leach, passed away. Oh, that's right. Always a one, always a quick-witted, uh, freaky sentence yeah. of some kind to keep the people guessing. What a guy. I have some sports birthdays, sir. Uh, Kathy Rigby. That uh, naughty little, uh, tiny little blonde Cutie. gymnast who became a, a an actress, Kathy Rigby Peter is Pan. seventy. Yep, Peter Pan is seventy one, and remember Tracy Austin, the tennis player. I think yeah. she was. Wasn't she the youngest? 
teenage girl to win at Wimbledon or something. I think she was 17 when she became a star. And then and I've, I, I, there was some kind of scandal involved that she either burned herself out and was criticized for it and then couldn't real deal with something or other. I think there was something, something going on with Tracy Austin. I think she founded a, a, an association or a clinic to help other young athletes or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Tracy Austin Put is a lot six, of pressure on her. She, yeah. Uh, Tracy the Austin. Next Chris Everett. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, she's 61 today. Anyway, there's a scoop. Uh, and uh, uh, that, for, uh, that for sports, sir? That's it. Excellent, excellent. Uh, 532, boys, we're doing great. We got a Flounders Funny. I'll bet you're coming up. We got, oh, you're going to hear about the AI thing and more about Harvard and the politics of getting ready to impeach. Standing by next with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Look out. You broke my will. Jerry Lee Lewis, holy moly, what a career. 1957 on this day, still married to his first wife, Jane. Jerry Lee Lewis secretly married his 13-year-old second cousin, Myra Gale Brown. Jerry Lee Lewis's personal life was hidden from the public until a May 1958 tour in Britain where Ray Barry, a news agency reporter at London's Heathrow Airport, learned about Lewis's third wife. The publicity caused an uproar. The tour was canceled after only three concerts. Uh, songs basically taken off the radio. Jerry and Myra were together for 13 years until she reached the ripe old age of 26. And I remember... Uh, she uh, did she write a book or she came out publicly about the relationship and I remember talking about this uh, a couple of years ago on the podcast and uh, I've forgotten how she uh, I for, I've, for, I've forgotten how he seduced her and I think he uh, was afraid to kiss her for a while or there was some weird thing going on she was freaking 13 uh, very bizarre story and I think either she just wrote a book or just died or something I can't remember Anyway, the whole thing about Jerry Lee Lewis, sir. Uh, and uh, birthday list includes uh, Constance Francanero is 86. Oh, you better know her as Connie Francis. Connie Francis is 86 years old. Where the boys are and all those, those songs. Uh, she was raped while she was staying as a young girl at the Howard Johnson's, I think down in Florida someplace, if I'm not mistaken. But I believe it was the Howard Johnson's Hotel. The Howard, Howard Johnson, have you, have, Flounder, have you even heard of Howard Johnson's Hotel? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Howard Johnson's Hotel, and she was uh, she was raped, and, it, and there was no security guard, and the, the area was dark and stuff like that. And she won a, a, a settlement, but as I recall, she was a virgin. And it made it just a horrible story. The Connie Francis, the famous, you know, young at that time uh, singer. Uh, anyway, horrible story. And a quick uh, historical note for you. On this day in 1974, Godfather II premiered in New York. 1974, later become th to become the first sequel ever to win the Best Picture Oscar. That was the first one, a sequel to win the Best Picture. The third episode, Lord of the Rings... Return of the King, or is that Ring? Return of the Ring, I guess, this is the only other sequel to do it. So anyway, there you go. Okie doke. Now, uh, 541 already with a Kimber Feet and Flounder. <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing? Okay, it's a freaking Tuesday. Everybody's, I can't believe how happy yeah. I'm. I don't have to make nine trips to Publix to get my blood pressure taken. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what an idiot. I mean, if you just joined, I, mean, I feel like such an idiot. I, I, have, I have the, I have the VAs give me a medical thing, and I have to take my blood pressure nine times in the next few days. So that's three times a day. And I'm thinking, what a nightmare. I've got to get up out of my house, get in my car, drive to the Publix, park the car, go to the thing, get in the, lit in the line, dot, 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 get the thing, drive home again, and then do it two more times at three times for three weeks. I mean, you've got to be killing me. I said, it's going to take me. I, I'll, die, I'll, I'll chop my head off first. Uh, and, and then Pete says, well, you can get one of these. <laughs> he holds up his portable you know, blood pressure machine. The, the funny thing was I was hearing you and you were saying that. And it just, and, and I'm thinking, no, he's not that stupid. He knows that you can go get one of those. I didn't and know And about that. five minutes later, I thought, no, no, he you can probably stupid. think that. So. He's exactly that stupid. You were right the first time. Thank you. <laughs> get a machine, all right. God, what an idiot. I mean, I, I, honestly, I've been dreading it since I got the packet in the freaking mail. They, they delivered the FedEx thing to my driveway. And so I've opened it up and it says, and I read the direction. It says, oh, my, of course, you know, i got to have a mask. you got to do this. It's in Lithia Springs. And it's just, everything's going to be a nightmare, which is fine. I don't care. I'm not complaining. Uh, yeah, I'm a complainer, but I don't really, I'm not complaining about that. Uh, but anyways, and then it says, oh, and by the way, we have to keep, you have to keep a record of your flight. And I said, oh, my God, I have to go to drive the pipe. And I even called Walgreens and they don't have a blood pressure machine anymore uh so i so i gotta go to public and make nine trips to public <laughs> oh sorry 542 oh oh by the way just for the record we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and there was something on social media and we just we talked about this topic as, and i'll and, as backstory without giving away yet i'll give it away by asking this question of flounder flounder when I leave here, when the show's over, I pack up my stuff and throw my stuff away in the trash, and Flounder's doing the promos and all that kind of stuff. When I walk through that door, and you're at your back, the second back part uh, computer, as we are, you're, you're packing up and getting your stuff done, and I'm ready to leave, what do you say? Have a good one. And what do I say? Pretty much the same have a thing. Good one. Have a good we one. both say have a good one. Today in the elevator, coming, I, I was coming into the elevator here at the battery at the ballpark, and as I got to, I got in the elevator, and I heard a guy say, uh, 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 "Can you hold the door?" or something like that. It was clear, and so I, I, I held the door, and was a, 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 a black guy got in, and he said, "Thanks, that's a sure thing." And he said, "I said, where are you going?" He said, three, and I hit number three for him, and I hit number four there, and we stood together. I swear to God, when the door opened, he says, "Have a good one." <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's universal. He was probably a, probably a thirty-year-old black guy, nice man, you know. Just, but again, it's not. It's got nothing to do with anything other than people are saying, "Have a good one." And I don't, I don't know where it started, but it's. I, there's nothing else to say. What am I supposed to say? Uh, gee, have a nice rest of your year. I mean, you know, it's just so. Have a good one. And hope you everything's fine. And just, you know, it's just so funny. And I just started laughing to myself when the guy last week laughed. Have a good one. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, have a good one yourself or something." It was just anyway. I thought I was fairly freaking amusing. Uh, got we got some joke. breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. <clears throat> that once again shows how Democrats and these Palestinian barbarians like to lie. Oh, boy. Kamala Harris was in New Jersey giving a speech, and a Democrat state representative stood up and interrupted her. Ooh. And at one point, Kamala said, you know, I appreciate you know your thoughts about all this going on, but I'm speaking right now. So basically sit down. They had to escort this state rep out. The woman's name is Medina Wilson slash Anton. 
So she's a hyphenated femme yeah. gal, as you like to call her. Yeah. All right. This is what she said. She goes, Madam Vice President, I am a rep from Delaware. Did you know in Bethlehem they are not celebrating Christmas? Did you know in Bethlehem baby Jesus is under rubble? Why won't you call for a ceasefire? Well, to break this down, Bethlehem is not in the Gaza Strip, yeah. so he's not under rubble. They're not being attacked. The only violence in the West Bank is caused by Palestinians. Right. It's the Palestinians who are 80% of the population of Bethlehem that have canceled Christmas. And so basically they chased all the Christians out, and nobody's going there to celebrate Christmas. They say it's the worst Christmas ever. Yep. Everybody's canceled. Nobody's making any money. So this bitch is basically lying, saying the Israelis are bombing Bethlehem, and the baby Jesus is under rubble when it's the Palestinians themselves that have canceled Christmas and they're causing the violence. You know, in fact, I heard on the radio, I heard a soundbite coming in here today, this morning, late this morning, driving in, listening to the guys before us, and I heard uh, a, a Fox News story, and it was uh, the story was, uh, and uh, 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 after the shelling, a uh, grandmother was uh, was cradling the dead body of her one-month-old grandbaby, and the woman is screaming and crying and wailing and sobbing, and it said, and the little baby uh, killed by the Israeli bombing in the Gaza Strip. And I thought, well, you know, uh, gee, I wonder why that bomb, I wonder why there was uh, fighting in the Gaza Strip area. I wonder, wonder why that, what, what, what led to them taking on Hamas? I, I can't imagine what the hell started that. I guess there'll be some consequences, maybe. Jeez, I, I, somewhere, what is going on? 547, give her feet and flounder. Holy moly. Here we go, 551. Almost out of time. Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. 404 741 1230. 1230 if you want to join us here on 1063. Uh, let's see. Uh, quick birthday, Sheila E. A uh, hit called The Glamorous Life. I remember the name. Didn't she did the one? I thought she did the one like 9 to 5. Wasn't that Sheila E.? Was that? Oh, that was Sheila Easton. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I don't know who Sheila E is at all. Then sixty-six. Right? Sheila E yeah. was uh, she Prince's drummer. She was Prince's oh, drummer for a long time. Oh, I know the name yeah. maybe from that. Uh, let's see. A rather bizarre thing in history. I didn't know. In 1962, Iceland becomes an important military base, even though it doesn't have an army or a navy. But its government of Iceland is the oldest in the existence of the world. One thousand thirty-two years old. The government of yeah. Iceland. Wow. A, a democracy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. 1917. Remember I told you, I showed you that elaborate, glossy fundraising packet I got a few days ago from Boys Town? Well, I couldn't believe it, how expensive that must have been to put together. Uh, this was the anniversary in 1917. On this day, Father Edward Flanagan founded Boys Town for at-risk children in the village of Boys Town, Nebraska. And that's why they're sending out the fundraising packet because uh, this was the anniversary of 1917. And let's um, see, authorities on in 1913 on this day, authorities recover the Mona Lisa, which had been stolen two years earlier. The overrated artifact was swiped from the Louvre. <laughs> I never thought What's that was that great you? a painting. The, the Mona Lisa, oh she's God. got a funny looking goofy smile on her okay. face like, and it's all just flat paint. It's not, there's no, you can't even no, see the no. wrinkles in her face. My God, man. It was perspective. It was perspective of what was going on behind her as well. It's amazing. Ah, 
Well, I yes. I'll have to, to review my you earlier criticism. Heathen. <laughs> <laughs> <Even>. Palestinian. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> the overrated artifact was swiped from the Louvre and found in Florence, Italy, in the hotel room of one Vincent Perugogia, who was an Italian waiter. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh. Until we meet again, the mystery is solved. <laughs> solved. Oh, lordy. Uh, oh, by the way, Pete, we'll have to do this tomorrow. We have a game and a dog story. We've been trying to get on for a week or two. Um, yep. uh, <laughs> just for the record. Um, oh, also, I saw it. We were, we were talking. In fact, we may get one of our uh, uh, comedian guys on here in a second. I saw we were talking about how people are being woke and you can't do the same thing as TV. I saw a family guy last night from, I think, like 2014 or something where Stewie and Brian, a dog and a baby, are, are trying to uh, are competing to try to pick up this hot, blonde, hippie chick. And she finally says, boys, you don't have to argue over me. Let's do a threesome. And but Stewie and Brian look at the dog and the baby look at each other and say, boy, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. And then they start arguing. And Brian says, uh, well, should we do left side, right side? And he says, well, you idiot. No, you front or back. No, you idiot. And Brian says, I'll tell you what, I'll take uh, knees and toes. And Stewie says, I can live with that. And, and then she says, okay, good. She turns around, does a line of cocaine, turns around, spurts blood, and dies. This is Family Guy. I'm <laughs> thinking, holy mo- I mean, good grief. <laughs> I mean, ch- holy <laughs> what well, Okay, I have a question. I understand most of the, the most of the contortions involved in the threesome, but, but what is left side, That's right side? That's what I mean. <laughs> How do you work that out? <laughs> I mean, the, but the very idea of writing that script and having a baby and a dog are the ones, you know, debating over her. And she says, boys, boys, you don't have to argue. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> anyway. Oh, incidentally, uh, God, I'm running out of time. I can't believe I'm blown this whole day. Uh, uh, holiday, holiday, winter, cr- Christmas travel this se- this Christmas season is going up even more than they expected, even more from the last couple of years. Uh, and I- in fact, I'm flying on Christmas Day. I'm going to go surprise my grandkids. So I'm actually flying on Christmas Day, uh, which would be great because uh, my daughter Sarah's already uh, got a way to surprise the grandkids on it. So it's kind of anyway, just for the record, uh, plan yourself plenty of time. Uh, the House Rules Committee has taken the next step toward impeachment. They've invo- voted to uh, actually the vote tomorrow on the next move to get them toward more uh, ability and power to force subpoenas and stuff like that. That was a vote today. The big one will probably come tomorrow. Uh, Harvard is backing the anti-Semitic president, uh, uh, Claudine Gay. They say, yeah, we're going to stick with her. She's fine. Uh, and by, even though they caught her being a plagiarist, uh, they said, well, uh, we initiated an independent review over the charges of her plagiarizing part of her Ph.D. thesis. And they revealed some instances of inadequate citation. So she's requesting four corrections to use proper quotation marks and citations. She stole somebody's stuff and used it as her own without giving due attribution, yeah. which gets you kicked out of Harvard. If she were a student, they'd have kicked her out. Mm-hmm. But now she's the president, so they're saying, well, we still back her. 557. We got Trucker John on, and the ongoing theme today is blood pressure. Well, here we go. <laughs> yeah, Trucker John, you're on the radio, man. What's going on? <laughs> hey, Keith. 
Kimmer. Last, last comment to you about about this. So, uh, you know, you can you can actually you've got an iPhone, so you actually can buy an uh, an apparatus and an app, put two fingers on it, and it will actually read your your pulse and do uh, an EC on you also while you're doing that. So, you know, you, you need to get into the 21st century, my friend. I, I, I'm sorry. You're going to have to drag me, my friend. <laughs> Not willingly. Oh. But th- anyway, thank you, truckers. <laughs> 558. Uh, here with a cover Pete and if it out there, uh, for good sakes. Uh, do we have time? How long is the AI? Is that too long for the AI? No, you want to do a comedian? Let's do, uh, you want to do the AI or Portnoy? Uh, let's do the AI. This is somebody took a re- replaced the word Jew or Jewish in the testimony with Elise Stefanik and Congress the other day with the university presidents. Here's McGill at Penn. Does calling for the genocide of black and brown people violate Penn's black and brown rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking specifically calling for the genocide of LGBTQ people, does that constitute bullying or harassment? It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Muslim people is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer. Yes, Ms. McGill. And the reaction is perfect. BLM and Antifa would have burned down cities if they had responded like that. There'd be riots in the streets for days. A great approach to addressing this horrible issue. If only Jews would start looting and burning down their neighborhood Dairy Queens and Walgreens, maybe they'd get favorable coverage and acceptable leftist society. I mean, this is unbelievable, but we're trying to keep track of it for you. Anyway, uh, Pete and Flounder, boys, we do it hump day tomorrow. It's only me. It's only the Kimmer. I got to go. You're killing me. Look out, here we go, stand by. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. 
This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.